Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. How's everybody doing? At the Burlington... Uh, the, the, no idea what the f*** just happened. East Carolina girls are the best in the world. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Superstitious bears. Superstitious bears. How about those friggin' pirates? It's a me, a man's a Garcia. <laughs> Go Pirate Radio. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio studios coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930 online, PR927FM.com. And watch the show and be a part of the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. Happy to have you uh, joining the program today because we have a lot to talk about. It is excitement time because the Pirates have completed a practice, their first practice of the 2023 fall camp season. I knew somebody would notice and point it out. (laughs) Why does today's show say my broadcast title? rather than the guest list well tyler i will tell you because good news we're streaming internet's great everything's fine bad news our keyboard is shot on our video computer and we can't type things in but the show must go on shirley Rhodes trying to figure that out we got chan man sitting at the audio chair we got uh, intern dan aka danny beal aka stash munching on some food we got Joey wearing one of the most ridiculous outfits I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen shorts like that on a human before, but Joey is fired up, back, and ready to go. Uh, and so are you. Tyler says, football is back. Skip says, hey, Clip, good to see you, brother. Good to see you, brother. Pike says, go Pirates. Are other football players talking Italian? So they can understand Garcia's calls. Let me welcome in Chandler Honeycutt. Hey, uh, let's do a go around. <laughs> I do it. I do a little button hook. How yeah. about I do a button hook? <laughs> How about a little quick slant? Good news. It's just English with kind of an Italian accent. And you right. have to do the hand motion. Jamie says, "Do we need to take up a collection for a new keyboard? We're on keyboard number two today. Something, something just ain't jiving right with that computer right now." But look, we're here, and we're fired up, and we're ready to go. We got a ton of Mike Houston audio to get to. We've got a ton of guests to get to. And I don't know who's going to show up or when, but we might be adding guests as the three hours go along. But uh, either way, uh, I'm ready for it. We got Zach Weinberger coming up about 20 minutes from now. He covers FAU football for the Palm Beach Post. We'll get to know the Owls as we continue on our football opponent previews. Tony Dunn will be on at 4 o'clock to talk some Panthers, some NFL training camp. We'll look at the latest news, notes, injuries. I saw Joey had a little nugget. A nugget came out on Alvin Kamara a moment ago. So we'll talk about all that coming up in hour number two with the NFL report. We'll talk a little hoops uh, today on the show. 
former NBAer Reggie Williams, now an assistant coach at East Carolina, will join us. We'll uh, talk to him, welcome him in the Pirate Radio studios for the first time. So excited about that. Also, Andrew Schmidt uh, will join us from Greenville to talk about the impact of the Little League Softball World Series coming to town. And Patrick Mason will be on as well in hour number three. So we'll talk a little Little League Softball and a whole lot of Pirate Football coming up in hour number three as well. Can we get our Fleet Feet Rundown uh, for today presented by Fleet Feet locally owned and operated by ECU alum Chris Lunyon uh, Fleet Feet of Greenville provides solutions through one-on-one service to runners, walkers, and everyone in between. They got all the tools, folks, including a 3D foot scanner. I'd like to have one of those just at home to mess around with. A 3D foot scanner that measures arch height, width, and more. Go see them at 207 East Arlington Boulevard uh, in the old Gordon's Golf location. Fleet Feet, they run for you. Fall camp has begun. Chandler, are you prepared to play some audio cuts today? Let's do it. All right. That's what I like to hear. Let's hear uh, Mike Houston's opening comments as ECU wrapped up their first football practice today. How's everybody doing? Good. Okay, good first day. Um, could ask for any better weather. I told uh, some of the new guys, I said, That's, this is mid-October weather right here. I mean, this is certainly not typical uh, eastern North Carolina, you know, beginning a preseason camp uh weather but uh so they got they got lucky with that but you know exciting day you know every year is a new year every team's a new team and uh you know that certainly you know that certainly uh, applies to this group and uh you had some had some guys that you you hope uh are going to look a certain way and kind of guys that have been here and you hope they're going to step up and we saw some guys do that today um Saw some new guys. They got to learn how we practice and kind of how we work, and that's okay. That's, that's that's what you expect. I mean, every place in the country doesn't you know doesn't doesn't do things the same way. So, but uh, had a lot of enthusiasm. Of course, with uh, with the new rule that they passed last week, you had more guys out there today than you've ever had before with 120 instead of the typical 110. So, uh, you know, some guys you know they'll they'll get their first reps tomorrow. They're a lot, some some of the freshmen. They're just kind of. You know, figuring out how we're how we're functioning today, but uh, overall, very positive first day. We are in helmets, so we all know that's not really real. But uh, a very positive first day, and uh, be good film this afternoon, and get ready for tomorrow. All right, there is Mike Houston. Uh, his opening comments today, and as I see, the chat is freaking out, and I am frozen on the screen because nothing ever works around here. We'll hear uh, Mike Houston cut, too, as uh, he talked about the competition at wide receiver. Well, there's going to be a lot of competition. That's the one thing you see. It's, you know, it's not like there's you know, three receivers and then a huge drop-off. Uh, you got to figure out who the guy guys are, but you got a lot of guys, and you got a lot of guys that can play. Same thing in the secondary. You go, you have a tremendous amount of competition at all four secondary spots and a tremendous amount of competition on offense at wideout. Uh, it'll, it'll help us. It'll make us better. That is a position we will watch closely this fall camp to see. Is it Jalen Johnson uh, who you know had a he had a huge game against what Old Dominion last year? Campbell, Campbell, thank you, Chandler, and that wasn't it. But that was kind of his breakout game and didn't do a whole ton of a lot. I mean, we had so much production from C.J. Johnson, Isaiah Winstead. Yeah, well, I mean, you saw some flashiness from Jalen Johnson all across the schedule last year it was that Campbell game where you saw him have like a big 
catch and touchdown, uh, a big touchdown catch from Holt Naylor. So, um, yeah, but, I mean, I think we could see a lot of more of that consistently this year from Jalen Johnson, the Georgia transfer. Josiah Hatfield, yes, can sir. he be consistent, stay on the field, use his speed, speed to make big plays for the Pirates? And then there are a ton of, all right, who's the next guy? You'll hear Mike Houston later in the show, uh, later in his comments, talk about we got some dudes. Who are the dudes at receiver? Is it a Kerry King? Is it a Brock Spalding? A Jari Patterson? Is it uh, one of the transfers? We got a couple of Ryans in, right? Ryan King? We got a Ryan King Ryan in. Ryan King? Uh, a couple of, you know, a newcomer. Will it be, will Shane Calhoun carry the load for an inexperienced quarterback? Is is the Gardner kid from Duke still on the team? Yeah, Jared Gardner from Duke is still on the roster as well. So, I mean, you've got... Uh, some guys that we are excited to see, but just haven't seen yet, so we don't know. All right. Um, by the way, before everything crashed and went to hell in a handbasket, Jerry said, "Great respect to the Fleet Feet rubdown." Now, Jerry, the Fleet Feet rundown and Fleet Feet rubdown are two totally different things. The Fleet Feet rubdown is what you get after a long walk, where. Uh, Chandler will come in and get a little foot bath, and I'll give him a nice rub. This is the rundown. This is where we break down what's going on today in the world of ECU athletics and news. Let's hear uh, Mike Houston talk about the improvement of the secondary. He was asked about the back end, but uh, talked about the linebackers as well. Yeah, both both in the secondary and at the second level linebacker, outside linebacker position. Uh, we're longer. We're faster. Um, you know, we're, we're very athletic. Uh, now we gotta we gotta learn how to play together. You know, you gotta get everybody on the same page, get everybody gelling. You know, playing as one unit. Uh, we certainly have uh, have added some uh, new dimensions on that side. All right, and uh, some spots to fill in with Malik Fleming transferring out uh, in the secondary with your linebackers Miles Berry, Xavier Smith, who played a lot of football for the Pirates. So you've got uh, some younger guys there stepping up, but he likes the length. We've talked about Siobhan uh, Ravel there uh, at the corner position. We we like our safeties, Julius Wood and Tegan Wilk, but that is uh, that, that defense is going to have to carry uh, East Carolina at least early this season while Mason Garcia and the offense uh, get things figured out on that side of the ball. Mike Houston likes his team's depth. He likes what he's built together, uh, put together and built here during his time at ECU. Well, I think uh, as you look at the roster as a whole, uh, it's, it's the, the depth is very solid. You know, the roster is very solid. Um, you know, you don't have the one or two marquee guys that have you know, had huge seasons the year before uh, coming back. You know, those guys, you know, they're playing – you know, professionally right now, and that's 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 what we want for our guys. Uh, but as a whole, uh, the roster is very healthy. You have a lot of guys that are competing for playing time. Um, we're big, uh, we're strong, we're athletic. Uh, now we got to figure out who's who and, and put those pieces in the right spots. Uh, but we're very pleased with where the roster is. Mike Houston talking today after ECU's first practice. Uh, shout out to Shirley Rhodes, keeping everything together with duct tape around here. Has got the videos back up. I do want to point out something. Um, yesterday was a really fun show. Great show. Ran smooth. What's the difference from today and yesterday? 
Uh, you can't blame him for that. Who? Joey. Whoa, Joey. I didn't say Joey. You said Joey. Well, the, that was the difference. Danny was running the show yesterday. Also, Joey's Chandler running wasn't today. here for most of the show yesterday. Yeah, Chandler wasn't here yesterday either. It's my fault. No, no. I, I don't blame either one of those guys. This was a computer issue. We tried to fix it, but Joey, unfortunately, the computer didn't read the keyboard, the new keyboard. I think your shorts uh, have caused Man. a lot of problems around here. I wore the around studio though. before. You have? Yes. Ha- I've never I've those never shorts. seen those things in my life. I've worn them in studio. This is now my third time wearing them. In studio. No chance. And Promise I would have you. never noticed because where the word Dreamville is kind of strategically placed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And therefore, I would not have looked in that general it's area. good marketing. For what? <laughs> Your private parts? Whoa, whoa. Whoa. All right, back to back to our scheduled, uh, regularly scheduled program. Chan Man joining me in here. I like being surrounded by athletes. Had uh, a lot on the show yesterday with Jason Nichols, Marcus Crandall, who are going to be a part of our team this football season. Excited about that. Bryce Williams uh, here as well. And now we have the former long snapper himself, Chandler Honeycutt. And as I'm going down this cut sheet here, I'm a former long snapper. I don't see any questions about the long snapping position. I just I didn't think that was necessary the first day of practice. So it's not that important of a position. I mean, yes it is. Yes it is. You gotta have one, or you're screwed. You gotta have somebody that can be consistent at that position. But there was a lot more questions to be asked between quarterback Rajay Harris, as you'll hear coming up later on, My and uh, you know some of the leadership coming back on this team. Yes. Uh, all right. We'll save that for another day later yeah. on this uh, this fall camp. Shirley, can we hear cut five? A lot of leaders left this team. A lot of production, a lot of locker room leaders as well. Who is going to fill that void uh, for all the leaders that left last season? Well, you had some leaders that left, but you also have a lot of leaders returning. I mean, that D-line group has been starting for three years. I mean, they're, they've played a lot of snaps. Uh, you know, you got a tight end that's – started for three years you know, he's played a lot of snaps uh, you got a running back that was you know as good as there was in this conference his freshman year so you've got a lot of leaders returning too so i think that it's just you know different guys stepping into different roles all right mike houston talking leadership he went on to talk about uh and i think you asked the question didn't you about leaders on the o-line yes we'll hear that coming up in a moment uh, what you don't have, though, Chandler, is that veteran quarterback with a bunch of snaps under his belt that can rally the troops and rally the team. You, you just you don't. Uh, and until Mason Garcia or Alex Flynn, whoever, goes out there and leads the team, makes some plays, leads the, the Pirates to victory, it's going to be tough to get that. I mean, Mason can have a voice. I, I don't – and again, I only know Mason uh, in passing from seeing him off the field and – Super polite, respectful young Absolutely. man. Humble. Almost seems very quiet. And, and we talk to players a lot who are quiet off the field and, mm-hmm. and loud on the field. Isaiah Winstead. But yeah, exactly. Uh, but I'm wondering, you don't have that. Does your quarterback have to be your leader? I mean, can Rajay be your offensive leader? When I look can at a the, Parker Moore be your offensive leader? I mean, yeah, absolutely. But I feel like the in the majority of football the guy that is rallying the troops and is that vocal leader is the quarterback. I feel like that's the guy that's going to have to be 
the guy that everybody looks to and listens to and kind of rallies around. So um, I ne- not necessarily he has to be that leader, but I feel like he has to be at least one of the leaders on that offensive side of the ball. I mean, whether you're Alex Flynn or you're M- Mason Garcia, you have to understand that, you know, Holton's gone and who is going to take that Holton Ehlers type of leadership. Um, so I-, I feel like they have to take on that role. Uh, maybe in order to help them get a starting job. Who's who's kind of rallying more around which quarterback? So. We shall see uh, who steps up. We got a few quarterback comments that we'll get to in a moment. Uh, Joey, you're doing a good job. And I witnessed you earlier today for the first time type in the Fleet Feet Rundown. Mm-hmm. But why did the words you typed earlier today not match what's on the screen right now? riddle me this oh okay help me understand that could have been because i had to do something to the computer that's not a big deal but just making you aware <laughs> joey's gonna fix it uh Excuse by the me. way folks if anybody thinks like i'm being serious here he totally is being serious and when he's off the air it just gets worse <laughs> 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 oh man that is 100 percent false that's not true i am way worse on the air than i am off the air off the air i'm a softy these guys push that me is around true because you were yelling i was back here i was like i know he didn't just yell hell yeah i yelled i'll do it again i was like you ain't yelling at me you're right i won't <laughs> correct i thought you were yelling you at win me. a prize what do you want <laughs> sick of all y'all people. Clip is such a bully. I get bullied off there. Danny Beal like shoves me in a locker during the break. <laughs> Danny is like, you're a uh, wimpy stash. Get out of here. Grow a real stash. Danny, I mean, he's he is a big time bully. <laughs> Danny said, okay, tough guy. <laughs> oh, it's my, uh, it's my pick in fantasy. Y'all want to do a live pick real quick? Let's do it. All right. Joey. I'm calling on you, buddy. Um, oh, yeah. We talked about this off the air. I, I don't have a tight end yet. Turn on your mic. Oh, we're still on the tight end pick? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm um, going to go with, uh, is it Sam? You st- you want to go with Laporta? I want to go with Laporta. Uh, they brought in, they being Detroit, uh, they shipped out Hawkinson, brought in a new tight end. And I need a rookie. I need some young blood on the team anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Sam Laporta as my uh my pick here brooks thank you for letting me know that i was on the clock uh newton says quarterback needs to be an extrovert they are the leader uh new like cam newton <laughs> no a lot of people don't like him he was a little too extroverted for some folks what if mason garcia uh like walked you know they walk in before games walked in with the cam newton outfit Oh, here's the thing though. here's Greenville the thing blow up. There were, there, let me tell you something cam newton never had any locker room issues though never oh, i know i know that ever and his teammates liked him and that's all that matters it yeah. doesn't matter what happens on the outside and what people think about him on the outside it's about what the people in the franchise the people in the locker room with him think and i think a lot of people rallied around cam and yes he did have that personality that rubs off the wrong way with people but hey he rallied the troops and we won some games. Not all games, but 
we had that magical season in 2015 man cam would have been really upset about our keyboard earlier today because he couldn't do his stupid font <laughs> or he messages or he, is, or he that's the only it. thing with cam that i do have a bit of a gripe about like he, he texts everyone that like i think i've seen uh um, when he was in the patriots as well he had to sit down with bill belichick because belichick's like i can't read your message <laughs> what, what what does this say or he couldn't steal it and use it uh, i don't think belichick cares no, I'm talking about Cam Newton. God, no, wait—he stole a laptop. <laughs> uh, okay, I see what. I don't think you executed it great. I was trying to say. I it love earlier. the idea. I love the idea. Have been better for Jameis. No, 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 no it wouldn't, guys. No. Come on, we don't need to do comedy 101 here. Jameis stole crab legs. Crab Cam legs. stole computer equipment, so it fit. It just didn't. It didn't land. But I like where you're going. I don't going. think it landed because I wasn't able to get it out, and I didn't want to interrupt you guys. You got to get it then out, I, man. Then y'all started talking about Bill Belichick, so it's okay. I got it out. I, you know, it just didn't. Like you said, it didn't land. Tyler says, "Word is clips a pill to work with." I like that phrase. A pill is that like I'm difficult? I'm, I'm a di- I'm a real diva, right, Chandler? I mean, you can be. I'm like Chandler. Go get my big gulp. May Chandler go give me a big gulp before the shot? Chandler, will you rub my fleet feet? A lot, a lot of hazing. <laughs> a lot of hazing here, and it's all from Clip Rock. Yeah. And boy, I, Micah gets it the worst. We really get we We go hard on and Micah. Fa- all right, that's not true. Micah actually <laughs> just gets to chill over there. Micah's too nice to be, like, even fake mean to. Like, I like being fake mean to Danny and Joey. I can't bring myself to do it to Micah yet. You'd love to do it to me. Oh, yeah. That goes without saying. <laughs> I think love is like an understatement of how you like to do it. The more I go after you, the more... You love me. Exactly. Which means... You love me. I love you quite a bit. Yes, so. you do. You big, fat-headed monkey. <laughs> you big, giant, bowling ball head of a human. Right, how do you enough. even hold that giant head on your that's body? That's enough. Without tipping over. People don't know this. There's I'm like that strong. There's strings attached to the back wall <laughs> to keep Chandler's head from just I mean, falling on the table. I mean, just look at it. You see? <laughs> oh boy, that was fun. All right, let's take a break. When we return, what a disaster! <laughs> what a disaster! I was so excited about today's show. We got a lot of guests. We got a cut sheet. Uh, I think we got through it though. I think we got through it pretty well. Jamie on YouTube says, not rubbing those fleet feet. We saw them on Twitter during your vacation. <laughs> Chandler did take a feet in the sand pick. Eric says, okay, Eric. Um, hold that thought. He says, I'm more concerned with who the third quarterback is. Strong possibility that Garcia and Flynn get destroyed in the big house. Eh, I don't think they get destroyed. He said, who's the third man? Is it Hulk Hogan? Is it uh, Raheem Jita? Number two, Raheem Jita. By the way, Mike Houston (laughs) said some comments about Raheem Jeter that we will hear later on in today's show. When we return, we will talk some FAU football and more. I'm going to go hug up the crew during the break. Love these people. Back with you after this. Sing along for the chat. Come on. Uh-huh. 
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Drive a little and save a lot at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a great selection of new and pre-owned vehicles, plus they offer service to all makes and models in a state-of-the-art facility. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington, and you can go online at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Still to come on today's show, we'll talk a little NFL with Tony Dunn from the C3 Panthers podcast. Get an update on what's going on in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and look around the NFL. Got a, a nugget, but not real news on Alvin Kamara, right, Joey? Like, we'll, we got a little something there. So we'll, we'll look around the news and notes with the yeah, NFL. I guess it's just the only scary part is that it's just. A suspension from the NFL, not the Saints. So, who Ooh, knows okay. how long it could be? Yeah. All right. So we, there will be a suspension. We do not know how long. That is uh, kind of where we are with that. So we'll dive around those topics coming up. Also in the four o'clock hour, former NBA or now an assistant coach with ECU basketball, Reggie Williams. We get to know Coach Williams. Uh, he'll join us for the first time here on Pirate Radio Live Hour Three. We'll talk Little League Softball World Series coming to Greenville and Day One of ECU practice. Patrick Mason. Andrew Schmidt going to join us here on the show. So we got a lot coming up. And right now, we'll continue our ECU football opponent previews and welcome in Zach Weinberger from the Palm Beach Post, covers the FAU Owls. And uh, we'll get to know that team a little bit. Zach, we appreciate your time. How are you doing today? Good, doing great. I'm excited. You know, obviously, we're heading into that season now with college football, and it seems like just everybody is just excited. So, really, really cool to be on. Everybody's undefeated right now, Zach. So uh, everybody's in a good mood. Day one of practice and uh, and feeling good. I will say this: uh, we we had Phil Steele on a couple weeks ago, and a few things stuck out to me from that conversation. He does think UTSA is the real deal coming into this league. But one thing he said stuck with me. He said in his conversation with Tom Herman, he really liked what he inherited at FAU and that uh that made me a little nervous you see FAU and Phil Steele's magazine and the media polls uh picked one spot ahead of East Carolina so uh they got a, a solid coach there and it sounds like some pretty good talent for Tom Herman to work with what is kind of the the overall uh, outlook and expectation for the Owls this year yeah you know obviously when you kind of get into your uh for a first season uh, kind of in the AAC and now first season with a new head coach who has a lot of success in the AAC. Uh, obviously, Boca Raton is just kind of buzzing uh, with sort of like those, those expectations, uh, especially coming off of a season of basketball, you know, where, again, they, they made the Final Four and almost won the whole thing. So it, it, there's just a lot of excitement, you know, around this program. And really, it's, it's, it's really on the offensive side of the ball that you, you see a lot of potential here. You know, even before the acquisition of Casey Thompson, which is such a huge get for this team, you know, you had really one of the top backfields in the conference. You had a pretty uh, deep wide receiver room and experienced offensive line, uh, kind of head coached by, you know, by Ed Warner, who's worked with Herman in the past. Um, and again, I just feel like, you know, this team 
always had potential, and people kind of blamed it here and there, and obviously they, they kind of uh, went past the Willie Taggart regime, but I, I think they wanted to have a proven winner and some momentum going into here. So, And again, just adding in uh, kind of that talent that Casey Thompson does bring this offense could be could be really well, you know, and people were kind of wondering if, you know, Daniel Richardson, who's the sort of the number two guy at this point, if he can really uh, kind of elevate the offense. But now it seems like that the offense is kind of in good hands. And then the defense, I do have some question marks there, and we'll talk about it a little bit. But um, but this team, I would say that the fifth ranking that they have in the media polls and everything is pretty uh, well-placed, in my opinion. Talking to Zach Weinberger, talking to FAU football here on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. And, Zach, um, again, yeah, the, we talk about that a lot with the American. And uh, I have Jeff Nadeau on, who is uh, kind of a, a gambling guy and says there's going to be a lot of overs in the AAC this year. Who is going to play defense in the American? Uh, how about FAU? Where do they stack up on that side of the ball? Yeah, and I'll just say that there's, to me, some positives and there's, to me, some question marks on this defense, especially when you when you kind of lose a lot of talent, uh, kind of like a T.J. Young, who you thought was going to be here, but then obviously he transferred to Ole Miss with Glenn Kiffin, who was a former FAU coach, obviously. So you're losing him, and really the DBs are it's a lot of younger guys. I mean, a guy like Jaden Williams, who really uh, performed well last season his freshman year, um, you're kind of wondering if he's going to step up alongside uh, Romaine Smoke Mungin. Um, but really the, the strength of the defense is the defensive line, and that's headed by Evan Anderson. I mean, I, in my opinion, I, I mean, even just kind of besides covering FAU and, and knowing them well, I truly think he's one of the best players in the conference. I mean, he really is a run disruptor. He is, you know, he, he just disrupts every play that he's a part of. And even the people behind him, like a Jacob Merrifield, the Carrius Hawthorne, Latrell Jean. I mean, there's a lot of players there that could really just kind of disrupt at the line of scrimmage. So I'm really interested to see how their fall camp is going to be. So that is, should be an exciting one for FAU fans. But also the linebacker position is pretty kind of inconsistent. I, and Herman really talked about that during the spring, but even just looking on paper, obviously you have guys that could perform a Jalen Wester that looked really exciting last year and, and Eddie Williams and Xavier Peters. But really when it comes to the inside linebacker position, it's really running thin of really experienced, uh, and, and you're just kind of hoping this fall can, can really unlock the abilities that these guys have. So, again, the offense is way more kind of like you have the high expectations for the defense. You're kind of wondering what uh, new, you know, Rock Bellantani, who's the, who's the defensive coordinator now, who worked at FAU previously, what he's going to do with that defense. So, um, I mean, this fall camp is going to be absolutely vital uh, in terms of seeing who can really step up. Zach Weinberger joining us, talking FAU football here on Pirate Radio Live. Zach, as I talk to opposing teams, play-by-play voices and beat writers, I always ask, uh, has the transfer portal been a net gain, a a net negative uh, for FAU? How have they kind of utilized that these last few years, and are they losing more than they're getting, or are they able to bring in some guys to to help right away? No, I I definitely think at at this point, uh, especially since Herman's been here, it's been 50-50. Because, again, you you lose a guy like a T.J. Young, who's been one of the best defensive players on this team for the past couple of years, and even a Jalen Joyner, uh, who also transferred as well, who's been kind of like at the forefront of the defensive line for so long now. But you also get a guy like Casey Thompson, who is like one of the biggest transfers the school's had in football for easily. You know, So to me, it's like you're gaining so much there where, you know, no disrespect to, to Daniel Richardson, he looked like QB1 heading into the spring. 
but Casey Thompson is, a, is absolutely a huge get. Um, so I, I would say it's fifty fifty, but like you said, you know, the transfer portal has really just changed college football, and obviously there's a huge debate of whether that's for the best or not. But in terms of teams like FAU, it, it's sort of been uh, in the middle. They've gained a lot, but they also lost a lot. And you're going to want to see which players sort of step into that role and kind of fill in that that time that some players are missing. So um, I would say it's huge. And again, even besides the Casey Thompson, I, w- I would say that Herman has really recruited well and, u- and utilized the transfer portal uh, at, at this point pretty solidly. So I, I wonder how that's going to be in the future for, for FAU, and I wonder where that goes. But it, it's been an interesting uh, sort of storyline to follow. Zach, a lot of schools here in North Carolina, a lot of uh, talent there in the state of Florida, and a lot of schools uh, as well. So recruiting... On a positive, you've got a lot of players to choose from. Uh, I guess the negative is you've got some bigger schools, bigger traditional programs, and the SEC kind of lurking as well. So how does FAU stay up with not just the you know Florida, Florida State, Miami, but also UCF, USF, uh, the other schools there in Florida? i got to think at least the name Tom Herman will help them out in that department. Absolutely, the name Tom Herman. Even just what this school has been doing to the athletics programs, and even besides Again, I really truly think even even if it's a different sport, that what happened in basketball, college basketball recently with FAU just going so far in March Madness, yeah. it just puts so much more eyes on the school than it ever did. I, I, I would argue it's the biggest thing that ever happened to the school in athletics history. I, I, to me, there's yeah. no debate. On that note, Zach, I, at East Carolina has been a basketball graveyard in my entire life and even before that. And I have always said that that little, like, even Selection Sunday, just getting on there, seeing your name on CBS and you got Gumble and the guys talking about it, uh, that would be a positive. That, that's why we know Gonzaga and some of these other schools, the fact that they went all the way to the Final Four and had that magical run, I mean, that is marketing, that is eyeballs, that is attention that you, you can't pay for. It is priceless. And uh, and you're right, I, that's a great point. That should carry over to the uh, the entire athletics, to all the programs. It, it, and I, I could tell you that it has, because especially since you know, the recruiting, I, I would feel like, you know, it's been weird because since, you know, Lane Kiff and everything like that, Tom Herman, I think one of the benefits of him coming in there is that not only now he has sort of the South Florida, which is obviously one of the two hotbeds uh, for recruiting, but he also has that kind of sort of experience recruiting in Texas. So again, his name is just absolutely, besides kind of the play on the field, his name is so important in terms of recruiting. And to me, one of those things, again, like besides the success that basketball has had, he could really just sort of tap in to that. Again, at, at the moment, FAU is one of the few, you know, besides like obviously a UM, is one of the few sort of South, truly South Florida schools. And, and, and for South Florida kids, it would be such an easy sort of, uh, re, you know, relocation. So I, and again, the, what they have done, they, they used to have this uh, building complex in FAU called the Oxley Center, but they recently just put uh, the Schmidt Center right next to the uh, the stadium, and it's been such a luxurious sort of a place to go for students and for, for recruits. So they, they put a lot of money into athletics, and it seems like it is panning out. And obviously moving up to a bigger conference this first year, it, it just only helps this program. Talking to Zach Weinberger today on the Pirate Radio Live Line as we uh, talk a little FAU Owls football. And 
looking at uh let's look at the schedule zach and and how it shapes up for him first of all uh, you've got you're entering a new conference so it's taken uh, somewhat of a step up in competition the non-conference schedule uh definitely has some competition with clemson with illinois as bielema has them playing uh good football once again ohio on the schedule and you open up uh with monmouth so how about that non-conference schedule you got one uh, very similar to east carolina in the fact that the pirates open up at the big house uh at michigan you guys will go to death valley uh looks like week three uh but how about the the schedule overall for the owls and how it shapes out i i think if if, if you wanted a tougher schedule you couldn't get it i i, I think that fau and tom herman just the whole program have you know they're going to be tested to start the season and i think that can only help this team especially getting into the really more important games that's obviously when conference play starts so i think opening up in monmouth and then you go to ohio and then clemson and then illinois i mean that is a insane travel schedule uh you know especially going from clemson to illinois so they're gonna be tested you know and especially when that first um one of the first uh you know sort of conference games is going to be usf and obviously fau and usf they haven't played uh, one game in the conference together yet, but the the fans on Twitter have been just going back and forth. So it, it's going to be a very exciting season for FAU, just not even in terms of what the play is going to be like. But again, it just seems sort of inevitable that you know we were going to see this team not in the conference USA anymore. And and like you said, it is a step up in competition, but also the conference USA teams that are are going up with the AEC alongside with them. They they've been teams that have been outperforming you know a lot that we've seen in in, in conference USA. So it, the schedule it, they're going to be cut out for them, you know. And I, I think it's going to be just absolutely a benefit for this team to kind of start off getting maybe punching their teeth early, but then getting into the most important parts of the games and they'll be ready. So I mean we'll see we'll, we'll see how this the season goes, but it, it should be an exciting one. Zach Weinberger joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach Weinberger covering FAU. Says uh, on the profile you cover little dolphins uh, as well. And when healthy, they are one of the more fun teams to watch in the NFL. Our producer Shirley Rhodes, a big Dolphins fan. Uh, what is the uh, the expectation there? Is it to, are they up there with the Bills right now? I know the Jets are getting a lot of headlines. It is crazy to see the Patriots uh, at the bottom when it comes to the the gambling odds in the AFC. FC East. That is something uh, we're just not used to seeing, but just shows how good those teams are around them now in the AFC East. What do you think about Miami this year? I mean, I, I think they obviously, they, just like, you know, a, a lot of teams in in college, I mean, they, they have huge expectations and I think it's granted, you know, I know Dolphins fans have been, uh, <laughs> have always been uh, down in the dumps about sort of, they have big expectations for the team and they always come out, but I, I truly, I, this season just feels a little bit different in terms of what the coaching staff is and what, you know, sort of the offense looks like. And again, you're, it's always a big if, right? Obviously Tua has uh, kind of fit the part. He's learning the jujitsu. He's really getting, has a bigger mass now to kind of hopefully prevent from those injuries. So if, again, if, if he stays healthy, I, I think the sky is the limit for this team. At this moment, right, it's still an if. But again, the team around him is it, that offense is going to be absolutely explosive. It hurts losing a Jalen Ramsey for sure. But again, uh, we'll see what, how Vic Vangio runs this defense. And again, having still having X there, I do think Eli Apple, even though he's had his struggles, is still a good piece to have. And that just draft pick of Cam Smith just looks just smart. Just looking back on it now, so the AFC East, though, that's a division that's going to be one of the best easily in the league. 
Uh, I think, I, 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 to me, I have to wait and see about the Jets. I know a lot of people are kind of putting them at second, the Dolphins at third. I still think the Bills are good there at one and the Patriots at four. It, it's not that surprising. But I know that the, the people are debating the Jets and the Dolphins, and obviously getting Aaron Rodgers is key. But I do think the Dolphins will be second in that, that division. This is obviously just early predictions. But, again, it just, the team is, is clicking, should be clicking on all cylinders, you know, heading into week one for the Dolphins. It, it, it's going to be exciting. Zach, uh, good stuff, man. Appreciate you joining us. We'll, uh, we'll reconvene with you in November when the Pirates and the Owls meet up uh, in football and was really bummed out to see the basketball conference uh, home and homes and, and who gets who and the Pirates will be away at FAU. Uh, was really looking forward to a packed Mengees to see that FAU basketball team coming here, but we'll have to wait uh, at least another year for that. But we'll get you back on down the line talk more FAU athletics with you, man. And uh, for folks that want to check out your work, they can go online, uh, Palm Beach Post. Anything else uh, you want to plug? Uh, yeah, like you, know, you mentioned before, there's the Twitter or, or X, I guess I'd make, they call it now. But X, that's right. Sorry, it's not Twitter anymore. My mistake. <laughs> Not completely. I mean, I'm probably going to still call it Twitter yeah. just because it's still ingrained in my in my head. But yeah, just Instagram too, and I guess their version of Twitter thread, Zach Weinberger, same ad. So yeah, and Palm Beach Post, and I can't wait to speak to you guys soon. Thanks, Zach. Enjoyed it, man. Have a good uh, rest of your off season, and uh, games are coming soon. So uh, we're excited. We'll uh, we'll talk to you down the road, man. I'm- all right, there is Zach Weinberger, uh, FAU beat writer, and uh, they are right there in kind of the middle, upper middle, with East Carolina in the preseason odds and Phil Steele in the AAC media poll. So there's kind of that top four that we talked about with Tulane, UTSA, Memphis, SMU, and then the group right behind them, I guess the next tier, so to speak, would be FAU and East Carolina. So that could uh, could end up being a pivotal game uh, late in the Pirate football season. All right, let's take a break. When we return, we'll wrap up our number one. We got some hoops talk coming up in hour two with Reggie Williams, East Carolina assistant coach. We'll talk some hoops when we return. Uh, and I'll let you know what's going on out at Farmville Central. They got a summer basketball camp. We'll talk to Dre Phillips about that when we return Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. State. Uh, when you combine State Farm Home and Auto Insurance, you save an average of $889. State Farm agent Timothy Sawyer is ready to help you combine home and auto and save right here in Greenville, North Carolina. Give him a call at 493-0002. Like a good neighbor, State Farm and Timothy Sawyer is there. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right, feeling very accomplished. As we do the uh, NBA Immaculate Grid, got some help from our next guest coming up too, as well on that as uh, right under the wire too. I know, yeah. I said I'm not going back on the show till we figure who played for the Bucks and Mavs. We still got one more for any viewers. Well, what do we got? It out. The last one is Suns and Bucks. Suns and Bucks. 
So if anybody knows the player, don't Google it. You're going to cheat. No cheating. Oh, true. They're definitely going to Google yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not even going to read the responses. And I, I can't think about it because i got to focus on this interview. Oh, so. you know what? I was thinking Bucks as in the Buccaneers. <laughs> now that would be something. That took me. I was like, are you doing like first name, last name thing? or? We're going Milwaukee Bucks, Phoenix Suns. But okay. right now, we have other basketball to talk. As uh, Dre Phillips joins us here inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Uh, Farmville Central High School assistant coach, and uh, it is summer camp season. Uh, Dre, first of all, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? I'm good. How you doing? Doing great. Uh, appreciate you hanging out with us. So tell us about this summer basketball camp you guys have going on uh, Saturday, August 5th. It's coming up, right? Yes, sir. This is the um, part two of a camp that um, I had a vision for um, earlier this year. We did a part one, session one, and we had about probably about 35 40 kids so it was pretty good to be a first one but um this is a part two to that and it's going to be um much much bigger we have tyler may again coming back um former jag played at north carolina a t we have baby t of course to quavion smith but everybody call him baby t mm-hmm. um former jag he's now a um philadelphia 76er we even have Josh Short, another former Jag. Um, he plays for the University of New Orleans, and he'll be in attendance as well. Awesome. So, yeah, we have some big, big, big names coming. No doubt. And I guess uh, Justin Wright is out in California now. Kind of yeah. tough for him to get here. Yeah, that's my guy. Uh, <laughs> I was talking to uh, to Coach Williford about him this offseason. Makes the move from the state of North Carolina to Loyola Marymount, right? So, yes, uh, But, man, I really loved watching him play. Love watching all these guys play. And uh, uh, fantastic that you can get them back here because they are they're heroes to the kids in Farmville, absolutely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, what all will be going on? What are the age groups uh, that can um, we're doing, go out? Um, fourth grade through twelfth grade, so pretty much open to any any age group. And I even took um, our first camp. I took third graders too. Pretty much, if you know you're able to walk, you can come to the camp. <laughs> All right, good deal. If you can uh, walk and uh, dribble a little bit, you, yeah. you're uh, you're welcome. Uh, and it'll be thirty five dollars a child. That's yep, only thirty five dollars. Um, it comes with uh, you know you get snacks. Um, you get to meet and greet with Baby T. Um, ja, take some pictures, and um, we also have an alumni game following um, the camp where any child that signs up for the camp is graded free admission to the alumni games. You get to come back and see uh, former Jags and all that kind of stuff. We'll have concessions. I mean, I think some people will love some food. We got ribs, um, hot dogs, cheeseburgers, um, even fish. People love some fish. <laughs> so um, make sure y'all get down at the farm, you know, to get you some good food, see some good basketball, um, old and new. Yeah. And we even have a huge, huge showcase game um, going on at the alumni game where my team from 2016 with Tyler May will play the current team um, versus Josh Short and those guys. So I was going to bring that up. So much <laughs> talk of basketball is about about eras and who's the best and the the whole goat conversation i get tired of it but you always want to know who would beat who who's better and man how many uh corner stores and uh, the barber shops are talking about what farmville central team's the best now you get to settle it on the court that's gonna be great we get to settle it (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic all right so when so is that on saturday as well yep that's on saturday and it's 
following the camp. Right after the camp, we'll go right into our alumni stuff. And if you want to attend that, uh, $5 for kids, uh, 12 and under, 10 bucks for adults, and you get to see some uh, some Jags greats go at it on the court and uh, have fun. Probably a little junk talk going on. That sounds like a fun event. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so all that's going on this Saturday, right? Yes, sir. This Saturday at Farmville Central High School. Awesome. Uh, y'all uh, rocking and rolling. I know uh, football season's coming up, but basketball's kind of year-round in Farmville, right? It's Farmville for you. <laughs> how's uh, how's football looking oh they're gonna be good they're gonna have a very good team this year um coach cook has had them um working a lot he's done a great job since getting there he yeah. has he has they have um i think if i'm not mistaken they have a 7 a.m practice on saturday so um some of those guys that i have come and plays football um as well so i know they'll be a little tired but yeah they're gonna they're gonna have a pretty good season this year and uh, so Terquavion will be in town he hanging out be, Saturday? W- yes, sir. He will be in town. I'm glad I can finally root for him a little bit. And I'm not a Sixers fan, but uh, it's better than being an a NC State guy. But I was so torn on, you know, watching him play and rooting for him, but hoping State would lose. It was kind of weird. But, man, uh, what, a, what a career he had in Raleigh. And he uh, he tore it up in the summer league, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. He he should not be a um, on a two-way contract. He should be a um, regular contract guy um, but he'll get that he'll get that he is more um, than deserving of that as a Hornets fan I'm upset and bewildered as to why they didn't they draft him they had a ton of picks and, and then at least bring him in but I uh, have no doubt he's going to have a successful pro career and then like you said you got a ton of guys uh, in schools right in colleges right now too so yeah, I mean yeah Samaj Teal yeah um, play with those guys Justin Wright um, Josh Short, um, Leontay Moore. I mean, it's yeah, you know, it's that was a, a long. <laughs> I watched that team play against uh, Bobby Pettiford's team South at Menchie's. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a, a heated game there, and uh, and now Pettiford's back in Eastern North Carolina, which Absolutely. is awesome. Uh, they 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 messed up on him too because he should have never got out of North Carolina either. <laughs> I, I agree, and uh, that that's kind of the positive about the transfer portal, I guess. Though guys can come back home, or you could go uh, the the Justin Wright route and and try your uh, your talents elsewhere. Oh yeah, he and he's going to be great down there. They love watching him love play. Him. Yep, mm-hmm. he was the, he would. He looks, he looks like the guy that just picks out the best offensive player on the other team and says, I got him. Oh, like, yeah, he's a dog. <laughs> yeah. he, he's going he's gonna to guard you. <laughs> All right, so one more time uh, coming up this Saturday. By the way, it gets underway 10 a.m.? 10 a.m., yes, sir. All right, 10 a.m. to 2 is the basketball camp, and uh, you want to learn for, from some greats, some uh, some area greats, uh, you can do so out at Farmville Central. Uh, sign your kid up, and then uh, what time is the alumni game getting underway? Um, it'll be right after after so the camp 2 30 ish um until you know all the games are done and stuff all right so uh you're not gonna wear yourself out during the camp so you'll oh, be nah. ready for the game look, right look if you can see on the fly i have a lot of helpers <laughs> so um yeah. mj tyler um alex um brandon if y'all can hear me y'all will be doing a lot of work <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do some stretching right yeah <laughs> uh dre phillips joining us uh good stuff man i uh, hope you have a successful camp and uh, looking forward to some jags uh football obviously but uh some hoops coming up later this year and um you can find the link um to sign up it's on um my facebook page which is dre phillips d-r-e-e phillips and you can also find it in the um bio of the Inst- um, farmville central basketball instagram page it's posted there as well good stuff uh dre thanks for joining us have a successful camp and uh successful game 
Our Good luck to your boys uh, <laughs> yes, beating the, the young pups, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Dre Phillips joining us today here on Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a timeout, come back when we return. Big hour two. We'll talk some NFL with Tony Dunn from the C3 Panthers podcast and talk to Reggie Williams, one of the greatest players ever at VMI. I brought in my Gerald Wallace Bobcat jersey just to show Reggie that some people actually still have Bobcats gear from all those years ago. He's a former Charlotte Bobcat, but we'll talk some pirate hoops with him. A lot more to go. Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Thinking about takeout tonight? Familia can make everything real easy for you with a great selection of Italian food and more. Visit familianc.com to see the full menu featuring pizza pastas, salads, and homemade desserts. Place your order online or call 689-6330 and Familia will have your order ready in their convenient drive through window for pickup. Finish up a busy day with a great dinner for yourself or your family from Familia. Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Alrighty, back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Kenny Curlings got his Pirate Radio kick, football kickoff party tickets today. Said he can't wait to hang out with Pirate Nation and then the after party at Dirty Dan's with the great Cooper Greer, who joined us in studio yesterday. You can be like Kenny and get your tickets now at PR927FM.com. Only $10 for a great night of entertainment with Chairman of the Board. Going to be a fun night at the State Theater, Thursday, August 31st. Just 10 bucket, uh, ten bucks for tickets. And all of the proceeds will go to the Jeff Charles Scholarship Fund. It is going to be a great night in Greenville, North Carolina. Chan Man's looking forward to it. He is getting his shagging shoes ready. I love beach music, man. That's the song. I I love beach music. (laughs) Got it in my bones. So, wait. Is that the song? I love All right. Well, we will move along and head out to the Because Pir- I was born with it in my bones. Okay. Pirate Radio Live line. Tony Dunn joins us here on Pirate Radio Live. Tony, how you doing, man? Hey, guys. Doing well. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear Chandler talk more about great, beach music? Great to hear, Tony. Uh, no, I was like, uh, was wondering if it was a joke or if he was being serious. No, I just got confused. I thought I mixed two songs up, but I didn't. Our so. little boy gets confused sometimes. Tony, did you see I just picked in our draft? No. Who'd you get? I got QB1 Bryce Younger. Woo-wee! Oh, nice, nice. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Oh, it's going to be a keeper for one year now. I know. I thought about that after I picked him, that maybe I shouldn't have picked him because we're only doing keepers for one year. And I, I, Well, if it's deep enough, I think you can do it for two, right? So I think we're probably outside that range of the one-year keeper. Oh, that is true. That is very true. Uh, but yeah, kind of a, a flyer there. We'll see how it goes. I noticed your. Uh, well, I'm not going to name names that I haven't been drafted yet because uh, that is a faux pas. But there's some other Panthers out there. Adam Thielen uh, went today, 
in our slow draft that we're doing right now. Who uh, I know you're a, a shark guy, uh, Tony, but who else uh, has been turning heads at Panthers training camp? You were there last week. How about uh, since the last time we chatted? Man, I've, you know, it really has been DJ Shark getting most of the action. It really seems like him and Bryce Young have a connection. There's some people that, I mean, look, is Jonathan Mingo is a rookie um, that has been producing, right? And he is he stepped onto the field and, and, and looks like he's going to be a part of the team rather than a project. So Jonathan Mingo is a good receiver out there. I mean, I could really see the Panthers starting dealing uh, Shark and Mingo as like kind of their wide receiver trio. And uh, right now, a lot of people are talking about LaVisca Chenault, you know, is that they've been integrating him into uh, the game, uh, you know, bringing him out of the backfield, doing it really seems like they're, they're dead set on finding a way to make him a part of the offense. And so you're kind of just going to be looking at this as who else is this right now. I guess we're starting to go. Uh, because of practice in pads, you know, now you're getting to see some of the defense play well. And, you know, the big hitters, Brian Burns has been out there frustrating him and Icky Aquanu got into it yesterday. And then Aquanu fault started on the next play. And they say that Frank Reich has almost had to tell Brian Burns to like chill. Like we actually got to get some reps in where the quarterback can throw the ball. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, It sounds more bad than good, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Tony, you were talking about Frank Reich and having to tell Brian Burns to kind of calm it down a little bit. I meant to ask you this last week. I'll ask you it now. But how has uh, Frank Reich been? Like, is he a vocal coach? How how vocal is he on the field? Can you hear him out there at training camp? And if if uh, and then I guess the second question is is like who is the most vocal coach out there? Is it Deuce Staley? Who who is that coach out there that's the loudest? I, I wish you could really get close enough to him to tell that is tell you the loudest person is Andy Dalton. That's the loudest dude. Is his cadence is so loud, like you could hear it from the far field away. Um, Frank Wright looks like this. Is it really seems like he's just let the other coaches coach, and then he's just sat there and been so involved with uh, Bryce Young. It's almost like when he drops back, Bryce Young drops back. Frank Wright like breathes on his neck and whispers sweet nothings in his ear, and then he releases the ball for something great. So. I was going to say, Tony, Frank Reich's like Bryce Young's personal coach, like his quarterback coach almost, and the offensive coordinator and other guys can handle the running backs receivers line. Is that how you think it is right now? It feels like that, and it feels like him and Josh McCown, and Josh McCown are just like there. Like I'm telling you that I'm like standing in the backfield to where it feels like they're dropping back to like where they're standing. Now that was on day two of camp that it was like that. It's just hard to, you know, it's like, there's so much going on. It's like, you see a lot, but you don't see anything at the same time. So, um, you know, you're trying to figure out who's running the routes, who's doing this. I think what uh, Frank Wright has to get back to Chandler's question is, and I said this a couple months ago, is he too nice? You know what I mean? Like, everybody's doing great. Everybody's awesome. Today, he said uh, something about Frankie Louvu. Like, um, what what was the word? It was like, uh, I can't believe we were lucky enough to get this. I mean, he's just gushing over these guys. And 
No, that's probably good. I mean, you want a coach that's upbeat and believes in you. He's a player's co- I think he's a player's coach. The one thing I do take away from this and when it comes to Frank Wright, uh, Chandler, is that it really feels like we have an offensive team. We've never, for the first time in the history of our whole franchise, it's being run by people who have inclinations to field a good offense. I feel like you're taking shots at my coach, Ron Rivera, when you say that. Well, I mean, it's just part of – I believe Ron Rivera, if he could, he would have the two defenses play each other. <laughs> and, like, and that would be it. Like, I mean, if Ron Rivera wanted to win games by holding the team – and, you know, he was a linebacker. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the 85 Bears, is like his inclination is defense. Um, and Frank Reich and this staff – uh, was on the other side of the ball, so their inclination is offense. Uh, Joey, can I bring you in real quick and ask you two questions? What are you most optimistic about with this Panthers team right now, and what would you like to hear or read these next few weeks during training camp, during preseason, um, to make you feel better about a certain thing on the team? So, like, bright spot and spot you want improved, what would you say? Uh, so a bright spot uh, is just the bunch of weapons that we have at receiver. I like to see like just kind of the unknown. We don't really know how good these guys can be. Uh, so it's going to be fun to see them connect. Uh, the, as for the unknown, I want to know uh, what Hubbard's involvement is. Like I hear that Miles Sanders is going to be a three-down back, but I like Chuba's uh, or Chuba's explosiveness. I like how he can just get out and break free, and you know he can get you twenty yards if if there's a hole. So. I want to. I want to know where he's going to be in terms of running back. Fantasy owners questioning that as well with every team, pretty much. But uh, what do you think about that, Tony? As far as Miles Sanders' workload, uh, as opposed to other running backs like Hubbard on the team, How, what's that going to look like? Well, I think one of the people that you're going to have to kind of look for is again Lavisca Chenault taking some touches and uh, Blackshear, Raheem Blackshear. I forget his first name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, like these guys are, you know, there's some talent back there other than Shuba Hubbard. I'll be so is Chenault like a Patterson, a Cordero? Adebo Sand? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's like, I think Cordero Patterson's a great uh, comp. That's what I've been calling him. You know, Frank Wright said that they wanted to use dude like some Debo-like things, and he's been lining up in the backfield, out of the backfield, then they'll motion him out, and then they'll motion him from in to back, and then run it out of the backfield. So I, I think this is like is for I have a feeling that Miles Sanders is going to get a heavy dose of the workload or have a good share of the workload. That's why I drafted him in our fantasy draft, and I had some hesitation taking Chenault as I mean taking Shark today in our draft because you know you don't want to put too much emphasis on one team. But, you know, that's a great question. Oh, I didn't know you took him. He was the guy that I was saying is still out there that could be – I mean, I could see a world where he's the Panthers' number one this year, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it looks like it. Yeah. Six foot four. He's six foot four. He weighs 220 pounds. I mean, he, he can run like the wind. I mean, he is – he's got the makings of being – he had 1,300 yard uh, rece- receiving season and like 10 touchdowns with Gardner Minshew one year. It's just – He's had two injury, two injury, like seasons hobbled by injury, and then last year was like a half season. He was still struggling with some things, but man, if he's at, and he's looked really great with the Carolina Panthers, and he's on a one-year prove-it deal. So to Joey's question too, I think is that we're going to have to really see how you know Chuba isn't 
uh, Matt Rule's boy. You know, I mean, Matt Rule's boy. So, like, you know, how much will that carry over yeah. into this? And to, to give my answer to the question that you asked, Joey, is I want to see, if I could see anything, I want to hear, the news I want to hear is that J.C. Horn and uh, Dante Jackson continue to look to thrive and get healthier each day. I was gonna say, what is JC Horn doing right now? Is he a, is he playing? I think they're I think they're just treating them like they're easing both of them in. Like yeah. they, they've been in on some plays, they've been on some drills, but they're not letting them go on every down. And there's been a lot of work too for the guys behind him. And then CJ Henderson suffered a groin injury to, uh, yesterday, I believe, and he was actually having a decent camp. Everybody's been dumping them on him and then there's one other big news we got we signed yesterday a new player Deion jones inside linebacker former linebacker from the atlanta falcons which you know it looks like now your question is what does that mean does that mean frankie louvu you know what are they gonna are they gonna use him as an outside linebacker and an edge rusher which i certainly think he can do and if you go and look up louvu's like profile is very similar to Hassan, uh, to Hassan Reddick. So, you know, kind of Panther fans are split of whether or not uh, Luvu could be a kind of edge rusher in a 3-4 or if he has to be used in blitz situations only. But Deion Jones brings a veteran presence, a Pro Bowl presence to the team, and I think it's going to be really helpful for Shaq in the middle. Tony Dunn joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. Uh, quick news going on in the NFC South. Saints running back Alvin Kamara is meeting with Roger Goodell uh, in New York regarding his potential suspension for his involvement in uh, a fight which happened prior to last season, right? Because we were worried about will Kamara get suspended last season. Um, so, Joey, you saw somewhere where he was going to be suspended oh it was uh rapaport right yep, let, let me look at the uh the NRK tweet rap, he's got to get at least two games you know i mean they almost killed this guy so yeah he uh got in a fight uh was it like a jumping or a one-on-one fight it's like in vegas i think it was there in Ve- no it's like it was not a one-on-one i think he initially beat him and then they all like were stomping and kicking on him as a yeah. group, I believe, you know, but it was like, uh, I mean, from what a lot, I didn't get, I didn't watch the video and it's one of those things I don't want to get, probably go Google it because then I feel like I'm just feeding that machine. Um, but that, the severity of that people have been talking about, but you know, again, it brings up this is like, what is the policy of the NFL? And then we go back to so many stories, particularly one that goes back to Carolina when you get Greg Hardy and how they put him on the non the commissioner's non-exempt list, and then he settled. They didn't even charge him. So, like, uh, Alvin Kamara, I think what he did is paid off the victim, or at least there was some sort of financial settlement that was reached that then made this go from a felony to a misdemeanor. So, look, as I don't know how to do You know, what does the NFL do? They pick their... They pick their you know, causes and their people to go after based on, I think, public opinion so much. I mean, they went after that punter. He turned out, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just sometimes it turns out to be that they're very aggressive, and sometimes you get stories of what happened with, uh, I think, Dalvin Cook and his girlfriend, and, like, they just kind of swept under the rug. 
so the ian rapaport tweet says uh alvin Kamara expected to be suspended for his incident in las vegas how long could be determined from his meeting that he is having with roger goodell he tweeted that one hour ago um other news uh there's a chance that the bucks and the falcons are bad the falcons got some weapons but i just saw a headline on espn about uh owner uh desmond ritter comforted by owner support that's nice i guess and then i've seen videos of baker looking awful uh at at training camp so i don't know about this division you're in tony i know about it (laughs) what do you know they're gonna the Panthers are going to be about it. That's what I love Amen. Here. Amen. Yeah. Hey, we ain't in church. Relax, guys. <laughs> Preacher done. Is is uh, you need to pass around the offering plate and get you an offensive line. I know that's a joke. Y'all got a pretty okay. decent offensive All line. All right, I, I got to ask a quick question, and it won't take long. Uh, Tony, what's uh, Bryce Young's mobility looking like? Not only in the pocket, but when he has to escape. Because I don't. I'm not really versed on. Bryce's young mobility. That's a great question. Is you know one thing is this is he? Uh, I mean, I think he's one of those players that is mobile enough to make things happen, but he has no uh, desire to be a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, I think of guys like Mahomes uh, potentially is like they can get out there and run when they need to, but it's usually to extend the play, give them opportunity to make a throw. It really, that's a great question because I haven't even seen him. When I, when I have seen him roll out of the pocket, it's uh, it's just like, uh, you know, just trying to create some time and then get the ball down the field. So, you know, I, I think they're going to protect him. I don't think they have any plans of, you know, using him as a dual threat quarterback. It looks like they're really approaching this in a traditional style. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be really interested in seeing that. And the guys, speaking of, real almost real football tomorrow jets and browns at the uh in canton hall of fame game our buddy cw sloan uh, sent me some pictures today he goes every year but he is a bucks fan he's excited to see ronde barber uh be inducted this year but uh cw's fired up uh, he'll be uh, i believe he's going to the game tony and going to all the festivities so uh there you go are we still waiting this is a dumb question are we still waiting for our first panther hall of famer Oh, we got one. In. I mean, Sam Mills. Yeah, but I mean, like, like true, like play for the Panthers his whole career. Yeah, and yeah, I guess uh, like I mean, there have been players, Kevin Green, Kevin Green, yeah. but like a uh, Peppers, Smitty. We're still waiting on still that. Waiting on that, that real yeah. original Panther. It's Peppers. It's Peppers, and like what I think he's eligible next year, maybe. Yeah, eighteen, nineteen, forty. Yeah, so something like that. All right, uh, Tony, good stuff. Uh, we couldn't get you later this week, so I figured we'd knock out a segment with you today. Enjoy the football tomorrow. We'll uh, reconvene with you next week, and uh, folks can check out the C3 Panthers podcast on YouTube every Tuesday, the free-for-all Friday. Y'all got a lot going on. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah, man, we've got a lot. We're cooking over here on C3, man. They did a profile piece on my co-host in charlotte observer and uh so yeah we're having a good uh good time this year and good times to come so check out the c3 panthers podcast tuesday night live 9 p.m thanks tony we'll see you man thank you tony dunn joining us on pirate radio live when we return we'll talk some hoops with reggie williams former nba or assistant coach at east carolina we'll get an update on how the offseason has looked for the pirates talk about the great returners on this roster and also the newcomers as well and get to know 
Coach Williams talk about his great playing career as well. It's all ahead on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Back with you after this. Didn't you know I loved you from the start? Ooh, when I think about yeah. uh, all the uh, years uh, we put in this relationship, uh, who knew it? Listen, before anything came between us, you were like my best friend. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency for maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk. Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Can we grab uh, intern Micah for a second? Micah Dennis from the ECU women's basketball team because Micah was not here yesterday when we mentioned that uh, East Carolina learned a couple other conf- uh, non-conference opponents when they head down to the Bahamas. Uh, it's not just a trip, Micah. You actually have some games. You're not just going to get to hang out on the beach. Oh, man. Uh, Ohio State <laughs> and Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. And, Micah, you, uh, you got South Carolina in the non-conference schedule. And for Coach McNeil and uh, and y'all to be the team you want to be, you got you to face this kind of competition and, and beat them. And uh, it's pretty exciting to see those teams on the schedule, right? Yeah, no, it's exciting. Uh, I've never really played against any of those teams, so it's definitely going to be new to me and as well as the other girls, obviously. But, you know, I'm excited for what we're going to bring to Bahamas. Uh, I'm sure they're going to bring it, so we're going to bring it just as bad. So, yeah, I'm excited. And, uh, look, get those games out of the way. 1.30 p.m. Uh, tip-off. How about an 11 a.m. tip-off? Are you an early morning person? I'm not. I'm really <laughs> not. But you know what? As soon as that the ball goes up, I'm going to be awake. I'm going to be flocked in. So You're going to be ready to go. Yeah. Get a win over the Pirates of Seton Hall. The game will be over at like 1 p.m. and you can spend the rest of the day out on the beach. Exactly. There's the See, reward. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Micah. Good to have you uh, hanging out with us. We're going to talk some men's hoops now with Pirate Assistant Coach Reggie Williams. Uh, man, looking at, at Reggie's bio, so led the NCAA at scoring two straight seasons at VMI. And Reggie, do you know the company? You, first of all, welcome to the show. Good to meet you. But Thank you for having me. You know the company you're in on players that have done that? Yeah, I know it's two couple fam one particularly famous name on there that people like to remind me of. Well, you got the Big O and yeah. Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete Maravich and Oscar Robertson, the only other players to do that. That's about as good as basketball company you could have. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and uh, fortunate enough to 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 be mentioned in the same sentence as those two when it comes to scoring the basketball in college and. Uh, you know, thankful for my college coaches and my teammates that I had back then uh, to help me with that. Coach Mac McCarthy uh, joins us on Tuesday. Former ECU head coach, coached at VCU in Chattanooga, and uh, told him you were coming on to talk some pirate hoops. And he talked about how how uh, awesome you were during uh, your your playing days. And uh, how about that that career you had in the NBA? That that lifestyle. Uh, you know what <laughs> what was that like for you? And uh, you know, eleven year pro career. It's a long career. Yeah, um, I mean, coming out of VMI, small college, university, you know, and I mean, not too many people get an opportunity to make it to that stage. And, um, you know, I, t- I took the time I put in the work and I had a great support staff um, as far as teammates, family and coaches. Um, 
and the lifestyle was just is something that I wasn't really accustomed to or expecting, but I was able to adjust um, and learn some very important things, which allowed me to stay in the NBA for a few years, um, longer than I think most people expected, because um, that some point it doesn't always just come down to your talent it comes down to you being just a good person a great teammate coachable um and things of that nature so uh, i was able to adjust and uh carved out a nice career for myself yeah no doubt and uh charlotte bobcats uh can micah can you bring that shirt i brought i went i went <laughs> deep in my closet today reggie because i want you to know that there are still people out there it's a throwback that have charlotte bobcats uh apparel and this is my gerald wallace jersey now it's been through uh some bleach and some stains but uh i still got it to this day yeah so i still represent the uh the charlotte bobcats i, I remember those colors <laughs> and that uniform very vividly uh somebody had asked uh when they saw you were coming on about mj and uh, i think they, they said stephen jackson told a story about mj kind of playing the guys and stuff like that what did you have interactions with him uh just com- a few conversations here and there um unfortunately we never got i never got to experience him playing against us in practice or one-on-one or anything like that well at least not against me but um being that he was the owner of the team he obviously knew the players that he had on his team the players that he were signed that he signed and uh so you know those interactions of just kind of talking and getting some knowledge and whatnot were you know things you don't forget I got a million uh, NBA questions for you, but I want to get to ECU. We do have some uh, some questions coming in that we'll pass along. You can uh, ask a question on Facebook or YouTube. Reggie will be here another 10, 15 minutes or so. But uh, how about your, your role here at East Carolina? So you come in last year as a, what, a scout recruiting type role? What was your role? Uh, yeah, personnel? director of player personnel. Director of player personnel. Yes. Now you go to the bench. So how about uh, that move? And uh, I know you're excited about that, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, last year, being under Coach Schwartz and with the other coaches on the staff, I was able to learn a lot, um, able to, to see how Coach wants things done and what he's looking for. And I thought last year was uh, successful for us, especially the, I love what he brings to ECU. I love what he brings to the culture. Um, this year, I get to be on the floor, which is a big step up, um, be more hands-on, um, the reputation. I mean, I, the uh, the relationship I have with the guys is is pretty solid. So now that I get to be more hands-on with them, I think it's something I, me personally, I can build on with them, and I think it uh, for the team you know, it can help us in, in more ways. I love the the mix of what the staff has with kind of a young and up-and-coming head coach with Mike Schwartz. You, you bring in the years and years of experience with Coach Adams who comes in and then yourself uh, who has that pro experience. It's a, a great mix. And I don't know if a player has a question, a lot of different different guys they can go talk to, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's so much basketball knowledge, so much success, whether it's coaching or playing, that I, I, I would like like to say and i'm not trying to brag or anything but for the most part we pretty much have all bases covered in that aspect no um, doubt any any guys need to know anything on the court or 
you know, off the court and any aspirations that they have after PCU? Uh, Reggie, you always hear like kids these days and how things change and everything. Well, Coach Schwartz is a defensive guy. I know uh, Coach Adams has that background as well. And the kids these days, quote unquote, want to buy in, lock in, and play defense. I know R.J. Felton does. He'll lock. He'll he'll do it for forty <laughs> minutes. But how about the buy in to the the culture, the system, all that? I mean, that's super important. How's that part going with the kids? Um, that's actually been pretty great. Um, I know most colleges. I've been around for a while, a long time in basketball, and you always don't get everyone to buy in, but. The beauty of the team that we have here at East Carolina, um, all of our guys have bought in. Um, they respect Coach Schwartz. They respect what he's done. And, you know, they every word that coach has ever told him has been true. And they respect that as well, his honesty. So, like, all of our guys are two feet in. And if you are around us and around the players, they are looking forward to the season coming up. What I really liked last year, I remember my first conversation with Coach Schwartz. Sometimes you worry if a new guy comes in, brings in transfers. Those are his guys, and the returners are the old coach's guys. But he said from day one, Felton, Brandon Johnson, uh, even Javon Small, who unfortunately is not here anymore, but the returners became Luigi. Those guys became the the leaders and immediately became his guys. And we saw the growth in Brandon Johnson, uh, R.J. Felton, and that that probably helped the newcomers, uh, you know, grow up, come along here at East Carolina. That Coach Schwartz was able to kind of identify his leaders right away. Yeah, he places a lot of uh, responsibility on R.J. and Brandon. Um, you know, being that they were, like you said, here prior. And um, he just has so much belief, not only in those two, but in all of our guys. And so, you know, now that those guys, the returners, Brandon, RJ, um, Quinn, Jaden Walker, Caleb LeCount, those guys know the system and know the culture. It actually does help bring the newcomers along, you know, Bobby and Cam and yeah. those guys. I was shocked last year, a lot of Pirate fans were, to see Brandon Johnson stepping out shooting threes the first game of the season. I think, I don't have it in front of me, he shot like maybe 14 the year before and then shot 14 the first game last year or whatever, but uh, he, the the marked improvement he showed, can't wait to see another year of uh, of practicing this offseason with him but but it, it it brings me to a guy like Ezra and what he can do from what he showed as a freshman to how much he can grow what is uh what have you been working on with him what has he been working on on his own to get even better his sophomore season so every basketball player college pro you always want to add something to your game coming into the next year and we saw how great Ezra was um driving to the basket getting finishing around the basket his athleticism his quickness um, so, you know, just the development for him, and, you know, I think it's just adding another layer each year as he grows. Um, so we want him to keep attacking the basket and being aggressive in that aspect. And, you know, hopefully we get him more consistent, um, stepping away from the basket, knocking down some mid-range shots here and there and some three-pointers, you know, just evolving his game as much as we can. And I put the jinx on him early in the season. He's got a pretty free throw stroke, but for whatever reason, he couldn't hit one. And that's got to be frustrating to him more so than anybody. Well, is that a, that's got to be a mental thing, right? Because it, it looks good going up, but it don't go in. What's going on? No, no. Ezra, Ezra works hard, man. Yeah. And um, he spends a lot of time in the gym working on his craft. Um, you know, towards the end, of, I know it was 
a little rough for him in the beginning with his free throws, but as the season went on, um, he definitely got better yeah. at his free throw shooting and became pretty much more consistent in his free throw shooting. He made some big free throws um, in a lot of games down the stretch that helped us win. So, like I said, that's part of the improving of his game, you know, just being more consistent. And, you know, I think the, from what he did last year, we, he, he'll carry it over into this season. What uh, newcomers, Coach, are, are you excited about that you've seen uh, so far in the gym and uh, guys that could play a, a key role in this year's team? Um, Bobby Pettiford, of course. Um, you know, he's came, he's come in and his experience from Kansas and whatnot um, and just the way he plays, you know, I think it will be instrumental to the success of our team. Um, Cam Hayes has been awesome as well, him and Bobby both. Cam has been awesome. Um, he has a nice pace to his game. Um, it's becoming more competitive every day and, you know, still learning the things that we do, but he's learning it at such a fast pace that, you know, he's he's right on, right on pace to be where he needs to be. Um, our freshmen, they've been looking great. Um, Sierra Malonga, figuring out his role and defining what he's going to do best for us this first year. And he'll grow as we continue at ECU, but he's been awesome. Callum Rich has been great. We love him in the low post, scoring down low in the post. Um, just all of our guys, TK to Corey, man, athlete. <laughs> yeah, I've heard uh, some things. I mean, he jumps out the gym and he can really shoot it. Um, he's been shooting the ball exceptionally well. Um, even Evan and, and Grant. Grant plays so hard in practice and really pushes our guys to be better. And Evan is a sniper, lights out shooter. So the guys have really all been great. And then you you still have guys we haven't talked about. And, and Jaden Walker was huge for this team when uh, when Javon went down with an injury and and really was a kind of a calming presence at the guard. Looking forward to seeing him another year. But guys like Quentin Dabunje, Ben Baella, who, who got some time on the court. Uh, they're going to get even better. Valentino, like you've, I, I, I like this roster. It's got to be some challenging practices, right? They really go at it at practice, I would imagine. Yeah, it's very physical, um, very competitive, uh, which is what we like. We want guys to compete and push each other to the next step. Um, I think Quentin, um, Ben, and especially Caleb and Val, honestly, all four of those guys have the taking a big step this summer in their development and um, it's been exciting to watch and see them grow from last year to this year and I think you know the fans here at East Carolina and Greenville in the community will be will agree as well when they see these guys perform and uh, the million dollar question right now will we see Cam Hayes on the court this season that is still to be determined I guess uh, yeah. As far I, yeah, as the yeah, I mean the second transfer, yeah, we don't know as we of right know. now. We don't know as of right now. Yeah, uh, but man, uh, either way, we'll we'll see him in the future, hopefully this season. Uh, but the Pirates uh, have a, a nice roster here. Year two of Mike Schwartz and uh, Coach Williams joining the bench there. We'll uh, get to some of the YouTube questions here. Jamie says. Uh, you played with Steph when <laughs> Steph was a rookie. Yeah. Uh, did you know how good he would be early on? I, I answer this question often, and uh, I tell people I I knew Steph Curry was going to be good, um, not like a psychic or anything, but just playing with him, the, his work ethic and the way he played, I knew he was going to be good. I, I knew he'd be the All Star. Did I know he'd be a champion in those things? I know because it's just such a hard task, but 
he did a great job of taking care of himself. They put a they built a nice team in Golden State, yeah. and um, he really spearheaded that thing. And I'm just happy for him and proud of him. Jamie says, uh, "Who is your favorite NBA coach?" He said, "As an IU fan, he's a huge Keith Smart fan. Seems like a great great coach to play for." So, who's on your uh, your short list of favorite coaches? Uh, Keith Smart is definitely on that list. He he not basketball wise, but more so life lessons. He he taught me a lot of things when I played for Keith Coach Keith Smart, and I'm grateful for that. Um, Don Nelson is probably number one, not just X's and O's, but he gave me an opportunity. Uh, Greg Popovich was amazing. Um, Jeff Van Gundy, I actually got the opportunity to play for him in a Team USA competition that we won a gold medal together. So, um, man, I love playing for him. Just very honest. Um, and really, everybody just kind of taught me something. Scott yeah. Brooks, um, Mark Degnault, I played for him. Um, the new coach of the Toronto Raptors, Darko. I played for him. <laughs> uh, I've, I've had a lot of great coaches. So and you take a little bit. You take from a each little, one, right? Yeah, you take a little bit from each one. And as you, the names I've named, as you can see, they are they are all successful. So uh, Skip asking, uh, and Skip's a former umpire. He always asks umpire referee questions. Uh, how does Coach feel about officiating in today's game? And he also says the the fundamentals like dribbling, the the carrying, traveling, like has all that changed? since you were a player has it gotten a little looser or what do you think about it um i would say for the most part i think it's that part like traveling and carrying those things are kind of the same um the things that's probably been the most changed has been more things on the defensive end um you know i think it's a little less physical defensively and um I would say the flopping thing, like uh, just yeah. you know, not being able to flop and getting technicals and suspensions and things like that. Um, those are probably, I think, have been probably the two most biggest changes that I've noticed. Well, you say not being able to flop. Are you, are you pro-flopping? No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. I'm, not I'm, I'm glad that they're, uh, they've tightened okay, up. Okay, good. I, I, like, yeah. I like when guys just play, yeah. you know, without the flopping. Just play, play through it. Just keep it going. I do like now that there's like a um, a signal for it because I'm up yeah. in the stands and Minji's doing that all the time. Now, now this upcoming season, you can get fined for it. Wait, in the NBA? I'm yeah, they're going to review yeah. calls. And it, Are they taking away your NIL money in college? I don't know about college. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, I had a question for you. Uh, what's the story behind 55? I oh, it's, it's, a, it's a simple story. So it, it stemmed from high school. Um I wore 32 like my first my first two years of high school basketball, sophomore and junior year of varsity basketball. And I guess just naturally I got a little bigger and I don't know, the 32 just didn't fit the same. So <laughs> I said, man, give me the biggest number or biggest jersey. And That's right. That's the biggest signal the yeah, yeah. the ref can give. And yeah. then my freshman year of college, I wore three. And then we got some recruits in going into my sophomore, and one of them was three. And coach asked me if I could, um, if that, if I could give that jersey number up gladly. <laughs> he said, "Well, what do you want? I want fifty-five. Like, give it back." And so I went right back to it. Yeah. Uh, Jamie says, "What's uh, Reggie's worst fight? Yeah, like he's uh, <laughs> dry, like Ron Artest or something. Uh, did you ever have a fight? Uh, how about how about technicals, ejections? Uh, you have any of those in your career? Uh, 
In my pro career, no. Yeah. Actually, none. No fights, no ejections, maybe a little trash talk in practice um, that possibly could have escalated to something, but it didn't. Um, but no, I never got to where it became a physical altercation. Uh, typical questions here. Um, let's let's go back to the trash talking. Who were the biggest talkers on the court that you played against or with? Um, well, Kevin Garnett played against him. He talks a lot of trash. Um, I played with a guy you would know if you're a Bobcats fan, uh, Tyrus Thomas. Yeah, he talked. He you. talked a lot of trash. Um, whew. That list can go on. <laughs> Gosh, you hear so much. Paul Pierce talk trash. Uh, as you know, I'm a little older, so these guys I'm a name. <laughs> oh, I got them all. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, I could go on for days. <laughs> it's a lot. Of, it's a lot. You hear a lot of things. Who uh, Who was the the toughest guy you had to match up with to guard? I love answering this question because you know it, I always say one name for sure but I'll give you a second one because he really did kick my butt <laughs> um I always say my first tough my first the toughest one for me was Dwayne Wade and the reason for that it was my first NBA game mm. and I check in coach Don Nelson puts me in the game and he tells me who I check in for and I'm like cool and so I you come out the game I say hey who do you got he's like you got D Wade and then, excuse my language I won't say it but I said <laughs> Said, shh. <laughs> I said, what? He's like, you got D Wade. Uh, that was a, a rough night. Special. That might have been like the first time somebody ever made me fall playing defensive Ooh, defense. Yeah. Uh, what second, year was this? This is my first 2010. Oh, okay. So he had been in the league yeah, for a while oh, at that yeah. point. This is D Wade, D Wade. Yeah. <laughs> From D Wade. And then I had my one title. One, yeah. It's Brandon Roy from the oh, uh, Portland Trailblazers. And a lot of people, especially the younger generation, don't really probably know him or remember him because his career was cut short yeah um i remember playing him in golden state and he had 41 against us and i probably was responsible for about 26 or <laughs> 28 <laughs> out of 41 and i mean he just he was a, a low day he was a lot he was a lot man uh great score yeah. uh brandon roy washington to uh yep. to portland, portland right yeah um uh good stuff here you got well keep reggie for another couple minutes i could go all day with this uh right. this nba stuff um i tell you what let's take a break can you hang out for uh, another 10 minutes sure all right let's take a break we'll wrap up the hour with reggie get some more questions in uh as we continue on pirate radio live on a wednesday we're back with you after this the one i used to run and talk to and thinking my girl was having problems she used to say it'll be okay. Suggest. Dirty balloon. We are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. They're open every day and they have two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. And both locations are top of the line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93 ethanol free high octane gas. Country Mart fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, the people on YouTube want us to add uh, Reggie as a weekly regular. We can't do that. He's got a lot of work to do, but we're glad he's hanging out with us, and we, uh, we're going to have him on one more segment here to wrap up this hour. Uh, but Coach Reggie Williams from ECU Basketball, we talked Pirate Hoops. We talked about his career as well. Coach, what are you able to do with the players right now? Are you able to, to do team activities? Is it individual work? What, what's going on right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm, just, I'm allowed to be on court. Um, like you said, work with them, um, team activities, individual things, whatever is needed um, within what we have for the summer. So that's that's been a blessing. That's been good to be able to just be more active and hands-on with the guys. And I don't want to rush away your summer, but do you know the official first practice date or what, like what's coming up on the schedule? Um, I don't know the official first practice date as of right now. I know we have uh, some time off coming up for the guys to take a break and, you know, relax before school starts and then, um, you know, come back, we get back to it. There you go. All right. Reggie Williams joining us. Uh, Chandler, I need your services for a moment because (laughs) we were uh, talking to Reggie about his days in Charlotte and asked him if uh, one of our favorites, Big Pat, was the PA announcer when he was there. And he said, oh, yeah. And uh, Chandler, you got to do a Big Pat for for Reggie here in studio. Not to tag Big Pat in this. (laughs) <laughs> well, look, the thing is, is that I started, I, we mentioned this off the air, the first year I started watching Charlotte basketball, at the time it was the Bobcats, now it's the Hornets, obviously, but like I remember watching it on TV, I found the channel where you guys were on, and I was like, who is that guy, where is that voice coming from, and like I've been able to go to some games uh, since then, and like hearing them in person, but like hearing like, it's Hornets ball, <laughs> Or like uh, you know, it's been like. Do you do a good Kimba intro? Oh like, yeah, to Kimba. It's like, and Edgar, six foot. He's like six foot from UConn. The captain, Kimba Walker. <laughs> <laughs> and then no, 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 traveling's the call. Really makes it a fun experience. Did yeah, you know him yeah, personally yeah. at all? Yeah, we got to talk and cool. interact. Like I said, he reached out to me probably a few months ago. Um, just just casually. Yeah, so, that's cool. Yeah. During the break, I was bringing up basketball players, and Reggie was like, yeah, I'll call him right now. In <laughs> fact, he did call a guy, uh, Jamal Schuler, who people out there probably don't know, was on the VCU team that beat Duke in the tournament with Eric Maynard, but I did, like, one of my first radio jobs was doing play-by-play for Jacksonville High School and Schuler scored like 30 a game. He was he was the man. I wanted him to get here to, to ECU, but he uh, kept going north to VCU <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but Reggie, man, I mean, basketball's taking you a lot of places, right? Yeah. And uh, you, you probably made a lot of friends along the way. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, relationships that I hold to this day. Um, been around the world playing basketball, played every. I feel like I played everywhere here in America. And, uh, you know, you just meet a lot of great people and you network with. And it's funny because to this day, like, still talk to the guys and they're they're in coaching or they're doing something else in basketball. So it's always nice to call them and, you know, have someone to talk to that can relate. 
What's uh, re- how, how do you like the recruiting part of coaching? Uh, going to the uh, you know, you got the camps here, but going to tournaments and showcases and things like that, visiting players. How about that that aspect of coaching? I actually love it. Um, I love watching basketball and I love seeing talent and I love seeing people play. And because at heart, I'm a hooper. Uh, <laughs> at yeah. the end of the day, I'm a hooper, and um, you know, I get to to watch and you know. Um, evaluate players and come back to coach or whatnot you know say i saw this guy or that guy and um it's just a, it's a fun experience awesome it's a fun experience man we're uh we're glad to have you here and we talked about it earlier the eclectic mix of this staff i think could be a, a nice recipe for success and uh we'll be up there in section 213 uh yes sir we're rooting you on this year and looking forward to a uh, a fun season and i know you're uh you're ready to get underway right absolutely man i can't i can't wait especially after last season yeah and, you know we lost in the second round unfortunately but that year under our belt that went in the conference tournament Mm -hmm. and we have pretty much everybody returning um especially the core guys it's something to look forward to and something to be excited about we've talked about i think you just kind of said it there that you know beating uh was it usf uh in the tournament and then you had houston on the ropes the second game yeah after finishing pretty strong in the regular season, you think that carried over to the offseason for you yeah, guys? Yeah, you can see it in, in our guys. Good. And like I said, the addition of the new guys, Bobby, Cam, Sear, Callum, Evan, um, anybody that I'm forgetting, I'm sorry. but Don't forget um, uh, Faison. Oh, TK. <laughs> I can't TK, freaking jumping jack, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, with the addition of them and all the other guys returning, Quentin, Ben, Val, um, everyone that we mentioned prior, uh, it's, it's, we, we are excited about the group we have coming back, and we talk about it all the time. Yes, sir. Good stuff. Uh, Reggie Williams joining us. Reggie, great to meet you, man. Talk some basketball with you. Really enjoyed it. We'll let you uh, get back to work. Actually, you want to tell folks what you got coming up? You told what you got a sporting <laughs> event coming up you got to get no, to, right? So, so you know, I do work. <laughs> so, um, but a little time downtime now, but uh, just you know, I I put down basketball and I picked up pickleball. <laughs> it's a pickleball. Man, it's becoming popular. It's around popular. Here. It's pretty popular. And uh, he's got next. He said it's pickup. So if anybody wants to go challenge him, uh, Reggie will take you on. Pick- I've never played pickleball. It's you fun. Can- it's All right, fun. Let me get into that. Reggie, appreciate you joining us, man. Thank you. Good Thank luck you guys this for having me. I appreciate uh, it. All right, we'll take a time out. Come back. Big hour three on tap. We've got Andrew Schmidt here from Greenville to talk about the upcoming Little League Softball World Series. P. Mace will join us. Patrick Mason to talk some pirate football. Also, Sherry Rimpf uh, will join us as well from Athletes Unlimited. Kemp. Uh, it's, it's not Rimpf. It's Kemp. Ah, that's a K, not an R. My mistake. Kemp. A combination of Sean Kemp and Detlef Shrimp for you basketball fans. Seattle Sonic. There you go. Sherry Kemp uh, will join us as well. Big Hour 3 on tap. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. 
Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Order Jersey Mike subs on the mobile app and get delivery right to your home or save time or and order ahead to skip the line to pick up your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, a sub above. Now, let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Brock. All right, we roll on on a Wednesday edition, a packed edition of Pirate Radio Live. I've already talk to Zach Weinberger talk some FAU football Tony Dunn some Panthers football Dre Phillips with the Farmville Central basketball camp they got going on this Saturday former NBAer and Pirate coach Reggie Williams and now uh, three more guests about to join us as well here in studio we got our uh, Wednesday regular Patrick Mason from the Daily Reflector how you doing Patrick hey how's it going good we'll uh, talk some Pirate football with you later on this hour Uh, we will talk some uh, Little League Softball World Series now with Andrew Schmidt who joins us President and CEO of Visit Green nc and andrew man uh some big times coming to greenville north carolina with uh, all the teams in town absolutely big times and uh busy times absolutely and uh, also joining us uh surely we do have sherry kempf uh, from athletes unlimited uh more softball talk because something cool uh, is coming to greenville in conjunction with that little league softball world series so we'll welcome uh, her on the pirate radio live line sherry how you doing today I'm doing great, Cliff. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And uh, we are excited. Uh, The softball capital of the world about to be right here in Greenville, North Carolina, and that includes uh, Athletes Unlimited. So tell us all about uh, the game and uh, Athletes Unlimited and uh, what folks can see here in Greenville coming up. Well, we are about to have a super exciting event that's going to live right alongside uh, the Little League Softball World Series, which is a spectacular event all by itself. Uh, But we are going to, for the first time ever, bring pro games uh, to Greenville, to the Little League Softball World Series, to play alongside that World Series. So this is much like... Uh, Those folks that are familiar with the baseball side of Little League, they have what's called the MLB Classic every year where a couple of Major League Baseball teams uh, play alongside the Little League World Series. They play uh, during the date frame, and they take up one of the evenings. And we're going to do the same thing. Uh, We are the professional league in the United States for softball. And we have a unique model. We have 60 total players. They draft out to four different teams each week based on uh, leaderboard standings. So we're bringing all 60 players, uh, four total teams, to Greenville. We The players will arrive on Monday the 7th. They will interact with Little Leaguers a little bit on Monday, a lot on Tuesday, And then on Wednesday night, we will play our games there at East Carolina University. All right. So uh, games being played right here at ECU. And uh, how many games? What what are the times we need to look out for and uh, and how many games are being played? The game times are 530 and 8 local. Um, Those will be on ESPN2. And we have the Gap Show as well. 
Awesome. So, uh, Andrew, we're going to talk a lot with you about exposure and Greenville and putting out all the great things uh, we have to offer here. And this is another uh, great example of that, right? Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about a professional sports event in Greenville for the first time in a long time. So it's uh, exciting. And we've gotten a lot of phone calls at the office about it. And and, uh, we're just really, really thrilled that this is going to be an added component to the uh, Softball World Series. Sherry, uh, for folks that want to see this uh, in person, a great opportunity to see this uh this event these games going on uh you know talk about the tickets and uh how people can go witness it live well there are a limited amount of tickets that are on sale because actually all the little league teams are allowed in um or it's actually for them so we will host them at no charge and then there are a limited amount of tickets that uh remain that are on sale at the box office there in at ECU. Great. And you said uh, seen worldwide on ESPN2? That's right. Both games are on ESPN2. And then between them, because it's a doubleheader and we need to get the field ready, there's a 30-minute gap show, and we will stay on air during that and produce that that 30-minute gap show as well. Fantastic. Sherry Kemp joining us here today on Pirate Radio Live. Sherry, anything else we need to know uh, before we let you go? You know what? I think I jacked the times up. I don't think I made the conversion there. I believe it is 4.30 and 7 Eastern Eastern time. Andrew, that sounds good? Yep, 4.30 right. and 7? Okay. All right. Good deal. 4.30 and 7 coming up. Uh, Sherry, awesome stuff. Can't wait to, uh, to see this. And uh, it's going to be quite a show. So looking forward to that. Thank you for joining us today. Well, listen, we've been down there a couple times visiting. We're impressed with the area. I know they are tremendous hosts for the Little League Softball World Series, and we're excited uh, to see those young players, and we're excited to be at ECU. So thank you so much again for having me on. Awesome stuff. Sherry Kemp, uh, Athletes Unlimited, and some pro softball going to be right here in Greenville, and just another uh, chance for Greenville to to put themselves on the national map on ESPN2, uh, not to mention, Andrew, all the games that are going to be going on with the Little League Softball World Series. What a fun time and uh, a busy time for you. So how, um, you know, from your end, the preparations, everything you got to do, the lodging, the everything. I mean, there's so much things we don't think about, uh, but, but that prep work uh, is probably all done at this point, right, with it coming up? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I definitely hope so. No, it, you're right. The the prep uh, clip really starts back in January, and we have lots of different processes that we have to go through. And what I think a lot of people don't understand is that we have a lot of things that happen before the first pitch is even thrown. Uh, so for tomorrow, example, tomorrow night, we've got a player's party for all the uh, athletes that are going to be here out at Sawyer's Fun Park. Um, you know, three hours for them just to get together with each other, eat some dinner. We've got... Uh, uh, Pitt Community College is a great partner. They're going to have some softball players out there to talk to the girls as well. You know, Friday they've got a girls with game event that Little League puts on, and then Saturday night we've got an opening ceremonies and celebration out at Town Common. Um, by the way, which the public is invited to. It's a free event. They can come from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Town Common, and for about 45 minutes, you know, be there while the teams are introduced. Um, you know, some dignitaries will speak, and I think the mayor and the city manager are going to throw out a first pitch. But then at 645, there's going to be games and activities for not only the athletes, but, the, you know, the general public as well. So we're really trying to get the, the city of Greenville and Pitt County to embrace uh, having this event here, you know, kind of own it, because this is the third year in a row we've had it, and uh, we've got a couple more years left in our contract. We're certainly hoping that 
this turns into a, a permanent home for uh, Little League Softball World Series. When we talked to Brian Weingartz last week, he uh, he said he's planning on this thing being here a while if uh, if you guys have any control over it. So uh, he really enjoys it and what he does with, with his side of it. And uh, I know you do as well. So Saturday, a big day with the opening ceremonies. And then the games begin Sunday, right? Yep, games begin Sunday. So, um, you know, we've got eight uh, domestic teams and then four international teams. So Sunday, uh, full day of play, 10, 1, 4, and 7. Uh, Monday, the same thing. Tuesday, the same thing. Wednesday, with that Athletes Unlimited uh, event, we'll have two games, and then we'll shut it down to go over to East Carolina and have that event. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, again, two games each day. Um, obviously, we've got a, a local team in it, which is really exciting. Yeah. Certainly, we'll, I think, pack the house out. Uh, but uh, again, encourage the public to come to, to Elm Street and see some great softball because these these girls can play and uh you know watching these girls is is a great way to spend an afternoon or an evening andrew how about uh parking and uh, it's gonna be a lot of traffic in the area so what uh, advice do you have for folks that are uh, a trying to go to these events and where to park and b if you're uh if you're not going to the game uh where you might want to avoid coming up here yeah so uh, the great thing about you know being in year three is is we've we've really got a lot of great systems figured out now and in place so if you're coming to the game it's relatively easy you know you you come to down 10th street you take a right on college hill or left on college hill depending on which you're you know which direction you're coming from and that first bottom lot um at east carolina that's where all the general public can park and then we're actually going to have uh, a shuttle system of golf carts that will go along the greenway and take you right to the stadium so park at the bottom of college hill get on a, a golf cart shuttle and in about uh, 90 seconds you'll be at the stadium so parking is is easy Obviously, uh, you know, Elm Street is going to be closed off from 14th Street all the way to 10th Street uh, starting, I believe, at 7 o'clock on Sunday morning. So you probably don't want to try to go up and down Elm Street, obviously. But really, that's going to be the only impact. Yeah. Andrew, can you put into words uh, what this means for the city, the community, uh, you know, economic wise, but also just from uh, exposure wise, uh, what this does for Greenville? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you know, our job as, as tourism professionals is to market our destination, which is Greenville and Pitt County. So you want to do two things. You want to create economic impact and you want to create exposure. And this does wonders for both. So when you look at economic impact, it's going to bring about $1.2 million into the local economy. So that's that's significant, especially during the time of the, the month that we're looking at. Early August is usually a little slower around here. Uh, but the exposure is what I get excited about. So every game is on on an ESPN platform. Yeah. Um, starting on uh, Wednesday, you've got ESPN2 or ESPN covering the rest of the way. And then Sunday is really cool. Sunday at 3.30 is going to be the championship game on ABC. So, you know, everywhere that you look, you know, any channel that you're surfing, anywhere around, across the country, you come on ABC, it's going to be Greenville, North Carolina. Um, so, and I love the the camera angles. Every time they throw a pitch, you see Greenville, North Carolina in the yeah. background. So that, that's kind of cool. Um, it's just, it's the kind of exposure you can't buy. Um, we do, at our office, uh, I think we're going to have about 126 spots on ESPN uh, during the tournament of the series just to promote Greenville. We've got a 30-second uh, commercial about Greenville in Pitt County that we'll run. And we're doing a lot of social media, too, to invite not only our general public to come, but, um, you know, up and down the East Coast, 
you know, to come see some great softball. And last year, I think, you know, I love talking to people. And uh, I think the furthest away I found a group that came was from Delaware. And they oh, didn't wow. have any affiliation with the team or any family member. They just love softball. So they came down to, to watch some games. And, man, I remember Greenville's last game. It was on a Saturday night and went down to the wire. And the place was packed. And it was just a really cool sporting event to uh, to witness. It was awesome. It's awesome. And I tell you, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'll get a lot of texts from people, uh, you know, across – uh, you know, North Carolina and some other states, and yeah, we see you on TV. Not me personally, but you know, we see Greenville on TV, and the field looks great. And I tell you what, what they do with with the field is incredible. And yeah. Little League is a class operation. They do such a great job of putting the event on. So we're we're excited and, and ready to go. Andrew Schmidt, President and CEO, visit Greenville NC. I heard uh, you and Patrick talking uh, before we went on the air about the Coastal Plains uh, team coming next summer. So Andrew, we'll get you back on to to talk about that. That's exciting stuff for uh sports fans in the yeah, area that's that's really exciting that's a that's a game changer too as far as marketing your destination we're excited about that awesome we'll uh we'll get you back on and talk about that down the road anything else uh we need to know andrew i uh, know just uh come out and support the girls awesome stuff thanks for joining us today all right thanks guys appreciate all it all right we'll uh take a break p mace uh, you were out at ecu football practice earlier today got more mike houston audio to run so we'll talk uh, about another thing that makes Greenville a, a destination place to be, Pirate Football. Expecting a lot of fans to roll in in 2023. We'll hear what Mike Houston had to say after day one of practice when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Get your hands on that. I would never ask you. Yeah, yeah. I just kept it to You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Russell's Clothing in downtown Washington has everything you need for game day or any other day for men and women. Whether it's dress, casual, or even a formal occasion... Excuse me, Russell's has you covered. They have served Eastern North Carolina and beyond for 40 years with quality clothing and personal service. Russell's Clothing on Main Street in downtown Washington. Pirates supporting pirates. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a busy Wednesday. Steve Hill wondering where Patrick's mustache is. You ever been a mustache guy? No, my dad had a mustache like his entire life when I knew him and then... Um, I went back home a few years ago, and there was no mustache. And I was looking at him like, something's off here. Like, what's going on? And it took me a little while to <laughs> You're not my dad. Him. Yeah, it took me a little while. I'm like, wait a minute. It's the mustache. Because that's what he would just rock, just mustache. Oh, Steve's not asking where your mustache is. He says, where is stash? He's talking about Danny Beal. Danny's here. He's just chilling today. Yeah, Danny's got a good stash. Danny uh, put in the work yesterday, both video-wise, and he was on the MLB trade deadline desk. So we're kind of letting him relax a little bit today. Uh, Hot stove duties. Yeah, he had uh, he had those duties yesterday. Did uh, Cease ever get traded? Nope. No. Did the White Sox do anything? Yeah. Unload anybody? They traded Jake Berger. I don't even. Oh, that's right. You know who he is, but he was a he's a fat boy kind of. Yeah, he he's like the most fun player on that team. He went yard against the Braves and made me mad. Hitting a robust two fourteen this year. Yeah, but he hits bombs. Who do you go to, DB? 
Marlins. The Marlins. Ah. Marlins for their fourth ranked prospect. For Marlins and Phillies were active, huh? Active for I don't really know why because they're not going to win the division, but well, because of what happened last year yeah, with well, uh, hey, with you, the Phillies. You made that point yesterday, and I backed you up on it. Uh, Jamie, while we got uh, DB here, Gavin Williams, normal rookie progress or getting nervous over control issues against good teams? No, I, I think, and he said this in his past couple kind of press conferences, he's just trying to be too fine. He's trying to make the best pitch every single time. And I, what I noticed, and he might may or may not agree with me when I tell him this, I think he kind of showed his arsenal too early yesterday. He was going fastball and showing all of his off-speed pitches first time through, which opens up the door for everything. They, they've seen everything you got the hmm. second and third time through, so that's why he kind of got. And the only thing went five innings, like 90-some pitches. He needs to find a way to keep his pitch count down. But that wouldn't have mattered because they threw a no-no last night out of, out of the, <laughs> like three hours after getting Verlander. So. They never give him run support. Last night they didn't give him hit support. No. Uh, <laughs> they a, offense. A no-no for uh, Valdez from the Astros. I watched the end of that. Hey, Real quick, Danny, as a reliever, are you conscious of that fact of trying to use your arsenal? Or are you just saying, hey, if I'm out here for two innings or three innings, you can kind of use it all early? I think as a reliever, it's kind of just go as fast as you can for as long as you can kind of thing. Because at that point in the game, whether it's in the fourth inning or the eighth inning, I feel like you're in there for a reason and you're in there for specific hitters and specific you know situations. So it's like throw everything at them. If you can go long, great. If you can't, we'll go to the next guy. And that's kind of been Coach G's, Cliff Godwin's kind of explanation for why we use so many relief pitchers all the time but it's just hey pass the ball to the next guy and figure it out have you uh been an opener for a game yet remind me have you started i, have. I did my sophomore year not game three <clears throat> but uh i did against elon against uh, i think it was a march game it's actually really bad weather i think there might have been might have been 12 people in the stands <laughs> <laughs> but i did open that game with like two innings and yeah that was it <laughs> there you go db danny bill uh good work uh every day but especially yesterday. Joey even came in giving you props on your camera work during the Cooper Greer segment. He did, yeah. I was very pleased to hear that. I didn't yeah. know if, I don't know if that was going to go on notice or not, but Cooper was awesome yesterday, and I just tried to make it pleasing for everybody. So. We had live country music on the show yesterday, Patrick. Man. And I'm not a country fan, but I am a live music fan. And he was sitting in that chair right there, strumming the get fiddle and singing, and I, it was it was awesome. Shirley right. said it was awesome, too. That's saying something. <laughs> Yeah. Got a nice nod over there from Shirley. All right. There we go. All right. P Mace, uh, how was day one of football practice? You tired? Uh, a little bit. Wait, you didn't practice. No, I, I definitely didn't practice, yeah. but I got to practice waking up early, maybe. But uh, yeah, it was, you know, how the first day goes. They're in helmets. and um, But I mean, you know, everyone's feeling good. They're out there trying to get going again. But um, yeah, it, it's fun to see football again. And uh, it just feels like, uh, you know, we're restarting that again. So the summer's over. <laughs> yeah. Back at it. It is uh, full speed ahead now. Let's hear some Mike Houston comments and we'll comment on those comments. Uh, Shirley, can we get a cut seven where he talked about the newness at the O-line, both uh, personnel and coach-wise? Right, new coach, and and a lot of new combinations. Uh, you know, the first group today was you know a lot of guys that have been in the program, and then you got some guys in that second group that are new to the program. Uh, you know, you're going to see a lot of shuffling in that group. Uh, you know, I I think that we do have the ability this year where we we don't have to sit here and just play five. You know, I think we're going to be able to play eight nine guys up front on offense. Uh, and so it's just figuring out who goes where and, and getting those guys reps because you're going to have guys that are going to play you know, a couple of different positions. Uh, you just got to get those guys reps together. So uh, first crack returners and then threw in some of the new guys that no need to 
kind of freak out about that as far as the week one depth chart looks right there's plenty right. of time to figure out who's going to be your starting five and it sounds like that may not matter as much if they have guys rotating in and out yeah and i, I feel like when you hear about uh guys up front rotating you normally think of the defensive line um i mean i you know i guess if you maybe ideally you don't want to play nine but i guess if everyone's kind of similar you, you can do that and maybe everyone's fresh what you want is a unit of five right but i i, I think what he's getting at there is that he's got some depth basically yeah you can plug and play and yeah i mean depth is, is fantastic especially at this time of year when you can evaluate everyone and you can get nine guys in there and say you know let's see what you got who meshes well because that's a big thing about the offensive line you know you just got to get a unit that plays well together uh chandler asked uh who are the leaders on that o-line cut eight cut eight well i think parker moore and hampton ergel you know two guys that have been in the program and have played a lot of ball i think those two guys the two that kind of jumped to jumped to mind immediately when you talk about leaders in that room but you know you have some 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 veteran guys that i think will emerge uh in time that are new to our program that have played a lot of ball too that i think will have some leadership abilities uh, Patrick, are you? I don't know. Are you more concerned about the quarterback position or the O line losing Avery Jones and Nashad Strother and having to bring in some transfers? I think it is a little bit scary in a way. But when he brought up Hampton Ergel, so he started that bowl game against Coastal, and he was like, he was a he, he did really well. He wasn't a guy you noticed and said, "Man, like this guy's overmatched." He slotted in there, and I think that was his first start of the year. Um, and he played great. So I guess if he kind of just does that again, you're fine. You know, if you find, you know, like you said, Parker Moore. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, the quarterback position, I think, will figure itself out. I think he had a lot of nice things to say about Mason. You know, he's really, you know, taking that uh, role um, pretty seriously. Um, so I'm not necessarily worried about anything right now at this point. But, um, yeah, Hampton Ergel yeah, as the center, uh, I really liked what he did in that bowl game. And I'm, you know, pretty happy about that. All right, uh, because that was right after Avery Jones had moved on. It was before the bowl game, so Mm -hmm. uh, they had to have somebody step up, and good to hear Mike Houston mention Ergel's name today. Uh, Let's get an update on our guy, Rajay Harris. Mike Houston uh, talked about the Pirate running back, Cut Nine. He's fully cleared. Uh, He has no restrictions. Uh, The athletic training staff, they'll they'll work with him to see if there's – you know, if there's ever a day where we need to, you know, take a little bit off of him or whatever. But I told him that I'm not going to be hesitant with him during preseason camp. You know, he is an experienced back. Uh, by the time we make that trip September 2nd, you know, I want him fully confident and fully ready to go uh, so that he can be Rajay Harris. And saw a picture of him today. Looked like he had some sort of brace mm-hmm. on the uh, the knee, Patrick. But uh, did you get to see him running out there all at anything, doing anything? Yeah, it was just good to see him back. I think they posted on their social media when they were taking the field. He was the first one, you know, leading the charge. Um, but I think, you know, as Mike Houston alluded to, you know, the big step for him is when they get the pads on, you know, he's got to get hit. You know, he's got to... Um, you know, make some cuts and just kind of get back to football activities. And, you know, once you get tackled a few times, once you juke someone once or twice, you you kind of get that mental block cleared, I guess, even if there is one, you know. But it's just nice to kind of get that first, you know, couple of hits out of the way. Brian Bailey asked Coach Houston about how he's coming along uh, on the mental side, and here's what he said. Cut 10. Hey, that's what he and I have talked about. We, we've, talked, we've talked probably more about that. I mean, I think from the neck down, he's full go. I mean, I think it's just, you know, it's been eight months, you know, and the you know, first first day of contact, you know, I told him, I said, you, you're going to need to run somebody over and pop up, and you're going to need to juke somebody, and you're going to get tackled, and then pop up and go play the next play. But that's, 
anybody that's had that injury, you know, they've got to go through that. But he, he will. He'll handle it just fine. He looked very, very good today. All right, Mike Houston uh, was asked by Brian North, I believe, uh, what he has seen in Alex Flynn that has given him a shot to earn some playing time and to to kind of get his name up there on the quarterback depth chart. Cut eleven. Well, I think his commitment is the biggest change, and not that he you know he was never an underachieving effort guy, but his commitment changed last year, and uh, and you know his commitment in the weight room, his commitment to taking care of his body. Um, I think he's become a lot more confident, a lot more assertive, uh, and so you know he has really improved dramatically. You know, probably from you know last spring, spring a year ago, to right now, and uh, you know, and that's the reason he's made himself uh, a guy that's in the competition. I said that. I said that back in the uh, spring. Mason has. I mean, Mason looked as good today as he's looked since he's been here. You know, he looked like a veteran guy that's ready to play. Uh, it's just Alex has improved also. There you go, Patrick. Day one of practice and Mike Houston using the word competition and saying they are uh, battling for that quarterback spot. So uh, one day in the books and no starting quarterback name for East Carolina. We'll keep you up to date on that every day here on Pirate Radio Live. For sure. I I think, I mean, obviously for a competition to happen, you need multiple guys to be competing. Um, But I think this probably is honestly the best case scenario for Mason just to kind of know someone might be breathing down his neck a little bit. Um, and that, you know, that kind of gives you maybe an extra competitive juice or something, just knowing that, Hey, you know, I, I can't just, I'm just not the guy right away. You know, there is someone kind of coming for this job as well. And I think that'll just boost, you know, practices. Skip says, see coach always leaves the door open. Well, yeah, he hadn't named a starter. Right. It, and that's what it's that, day the one door is open. They're not in pads. They're just, you know, just running around out there in shorts. So yeah, there's, he's not going to name one day one. Uh, Mike Houston was asked uh, if he thinks we'll see. We talked about the O-line kind of going in and out. Got a lot of depth at D-line. Will there be multiple guys at uh, all the positions on the field playing for ECU? Cut 12. Well, I think, I, think, I think that's what I'm talking about with the full roster. I think we see that across the board. You know, it's the days of us having to play, you know, four guys on the D-line are over. You know, uh, I think we're going to play multiple guys in the secondary, multiple guys at linebacker. We're going to play multiple running backs. Uh, the receiver core, you know, like I said, I, I may not know who the guy guy is yet, okay, but I know we got several guys. And I thought we had several of those guys stand out today. So I think we've got a lot of competition and we're going to be able to play a lot of guys. I think that's good for everybody. All right. Well, Danny, Danny's a guy guy. Then like a good guy guy. <laughs> You're, Patrick, are you a guy guy or are you a guy? I'm a dude guy. You're a dude guy. So fo- football guy's guy. Yeah. Football dude guy. <laughs> guy guy. Lady guy guy. Um, who are the guy guys? We will see. I, I'm, it's almost like if ECU had an established quarterback, where if ECU had, let's say, let's just say Ehlers was coming back, where would they be picked in the American? I don't know. Do they, if he's coming back, maybe they get an extra couple bumps, maybe one or two spots. I think they're like, so you're saying, but I mean, you still fourth or fifth. I'm saying second or third. I think preseason picks is all about what you have at quarterback, but they basically. still lost a ton. As well, but yeah, you're right. I mean, quarterback plays a ton. That's why I said maybe, yeah, maybe you bump up, maybe more than two or three. But, but it sounds like Mike Houston likes what he has out, you know, and he likes what he has at quarterback too. But he sat at, at this point in his tenure, he has, you know, stocked the shelf, yeah, where it was previously left unstocked. And I'm, I, I'm curious if 
maybe there isn't a guy guy because it's really deep position or maybe just someone isn't, you know, head and shoulders above the next. Like when he was talking about that, I, my mind immediately jumped to Jalen Johnson. And I was like, you know, why isn't he the guy guy right now? <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, I did think that, you know, but maybe it's just really deep and everyone's, you know, excelled to this point. So I guess we'll have to see it unfold. Are you concerned? Uh, Danny, should we be concerned that we don't know who the guy guys are? Or are we happy that we have so many potential guy guys on this roster? I think in a way, you think about how top heavy it's been the past couple years with Keaton and Rajay, and then you think CJ and Winstead, obviously. But at the same time, like now that there's no, like you were, like we're talking about guys, guys, there's no <laughs> guys that are there. It's like, all right, obviously he's the man. Like that's the guy we're all looking to to lead the kind of core that we have. It creates competition. Like you were saying earlier, Patrick, with, you know, um, the quarterbacks, it's a situation where it's like he's not comfortable. You still got to understand that there's somebody right there that's ready to take your spot. That's why he's named starter. So that goes for all the other skill groups too, whether it's running back or uh, receiver. You know, you just got you got to compete every day. Like like Coach Houston says, you got to compete, compete every day. Every day. So you be you know, physical. It, it's good. It's, yeah. I'm happy it's happening. Uh, Mike Houston, 13 thoughts on not having anyone selected on the preseason all conference teams. I think you just, it just gives you a little bit of a chip on the shoulder deal so i told the team last night i said we got a bunch of dudes in this room just the people outside of this building don't know they're dudes yet you know it's our job to make sure that uh, they come through all right we haven't identified the guy guys we've got guys but we have dudes who wants to be the one to explain the difference between guys guys and dudes <laughs> i need a chart <laughs> i need a uh, charlie always sunny in philadelphia conspiracy board in the mail room <laughs> <laughs> we got dudes guy guys guys and dudes who don't know their dudes. Well, or yeah. the outside doesn't know their dudes. <laughs> hey, it's, it's 2023, you know? That's it's, right. We don't, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, Mike Houston was asked what the schedule was like for the team this week. Cut 14. Well, you know, they get a little bit of time. We go to eat lunch, and they get a little bit of time this afternoon, and we come back in this afternoon for uh, meetings and then dinner, and we'll walk through tonight. Uh, I know it's not really hot, but we try to do our walkthroughs at night to stay out of the heat. But we're in helmets today and tomorrow. We'll be in uh, shells Friday and Saturday, uh, and then uh, shells on Monday, and then we'll be full pads. Uh, you know, early, early, middle of next week. So it'll get, you know, it'll start getting a little more competitive Friday when you put shoulder pads on. Ain't you know this bunch? Ain't, it sometimes ain't a whole lot of difference. You know, they ain't gonna tackle each other, but they're gonna hit each other. So, uh, and the more you get towards that full padded practice, and the more competitive situations you put them in, the more it ramps up. And that's the one thing I don't worry about. This group is. They're going to compete, and they're going to they're going to push each other. So, and that's a good thing. It'll help us. All right, compete, compete, physical. Mike Houston, day one of ECU football practice. All right, we got to take another break. Oh, Shirley, we got to play the uh, the cut that you like so much from today. So, Patrick, you were there. Tell uh, what happened to Mike Houston's face, his nose. Yeah, so he came in with a, a big old band aid on his nose. Um, he said he had a little procedure, um, but. Yeah, it was it was it was uh, interesting to see this big old bandage on his nose. Oh, I don't remember how I saved it, Charlie. <laughs> it's hiding in there somewhere. Uh, let's see, Mike Houston. Because he he walked well. He he walked. First thing he said was, "I, I didn't get punched in the face." Just want to let you guys know. You got it. All right, we're gonna get it here momentarily. While we have time, I'll ask Patrick two soup questions that have been thrown in. All right. Uh, Patrick, Mike P. wants to know if you can recommend a good first day of ECU football practice soup. Ooh, I like this. Um, so it's still kind of hot, so I'd probably go something a little bit lighter. Um, 
You know, I I actually was thinking I I kind of do for a French onion soup, um, just because I'm kind of in a cheese mode lately. Like <laughs> I, you're hitting cheese mode. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> cheese mode. A cheese mode. Over always here. a great helping of cheese in a French onion soup, and yeah. you know it's kind of broth. You know, based it's not super creamy, so that that'd be my vote. And then this one to marinate on. If you could create a soup, what would be in it? Now the the soup is called pirate stew. You have to make us a, a soup called pirate stew. Hmm. What would be in it? We'll let you think on that one for a moment. Do we have Mike Houston? Uh, this is how he started the press conference today. No, I didn't get punched in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded so defeated, like he did get punched in the nose. Mm-hmm. Hit it again, Charlie. No, I didn't get punched in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a uh, procedure done. Mm-hmm. But he's okay. He did uh, his, you know, how's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? I didn't get punched in the nose. <laughs> no, I didn't get punched, punched in the, in the nose. nose. Uh, in the news. It's like he was just like afraid we were all, just, that was going to be, you know, what we were going to ask him right off the rip. Jamie says new nickname for Soup Boy, Cheese Mode. Cheese I like mode. Cheese Mode. That's pretty cool. It's a good mode. Shirley, let's make somebody a winner. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Wild Power Radio, get the pizza cheese zone. All right, 317-1250, what are we giving away today? Uh, we're giving away a uh, bowl of soup made by Patrick. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. Good um, Yeah. <laughs> um, how about a $10 gift card to Familia? I got the pizza of the week. It is pepperoni and green peppers. I actually have some in the fridge back there. Uh, and it was good last night for dinner. I had a couple slices for lunch. I would recommend it, but they have some awesome food at Familia. 317-1250. What caller? Seven. Caller seven. 317-1250. Back with you after this. Clementine. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. East Plumbing, Viva Electric, and Rolling Black Heating and Cooling have teamed up to form New Blue Service Group, offering Eastern North Carolina the best in plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services. Same great local team, same great local service, just a new name. For plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services, go to callnewblue.com. That's callnublue.com. New Blue Service Group, where we are redefining service excellence. And congratulations to Susan Deans of Greenville. Picked up a $10 gift card to Familia. Familia is your place for great Italian food, whether it's uh, New York-style pizzas, homemade meatballs, lasagna, chicken parm, or the delicious homemade desserts. Familia is a winning play every time. For dine-in or takeout, make Familia your go-to play when you have a hungry team. Uh, Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Shirley. That threw me for a second. Michael Winstead uh, really enjoyed... But you've been you've been playing some jams today, yeah. But um, you man, you were playing a song earlier today. I have not heard in probably twenty five years. The uh, if I had no loot, 
If I had no loot, Tony, Tony, damn, Tony. What a great song. That is a great uh, song. Michael Winstead said, hey, Shirley, what's that song? And I did tell him in the chat what okay, it was. Okay, yes. But uh, that, well, I, I'm going to have to listen to that on the way to uh, AJ's. Oh, well, while you're in the chat, ask uh, Michael if he has an update on Isaiah. Michael, how is Isaiah? Shirley said something about an ankle. Yeah, he looked like he may have tweaked his ankle during practice at training uh, camp yesterday. That. I don't so, even want to talk about that. I saw I, I saw him doing the electric slide, I believe. Yeah, or yeah this was slide. afterwards. This was yeah. afterwards. So, uh, but Michael Winstead did say Jalen Johnson will be the guy if he stays healthy. That's that's the first name that came to mind. Guy, guy. Yeah, guy, guy. He should be. Not a dude. Not a dude. A guy, guy. A guy, guy. Guys, what do we think is higher on the pecking order? Guy, guy. I guess than dude. One would yeah, think, right? sounds like one, what a baby says. One would think, right? My guy. My guy. Who's my guy? That's Rajay Harris. That's Rajay. My it's guy. not Raji. It's not Raja. <laughs> Do we still have that, Shirley? It's Rajay. Uh, yeah, but not on my board. <laughs> I got to load it up. All right. We were talking pirate stew during the break. Patrick reached out to... Um, and a lot of conversations go like this. We'll be talking to Micah, and for some reason, Danny gets in the conversation like when he's not really invited into it. <laughs> like, who does he think he is? That happened. <laughs> you know, Chandler, it's funny that you say that because Charlie literally looked at me and was like, you're getting hazed. And I'm like, yeah, me and Chandler are one and the same lately. <laughs> so watch it. I will say, though, that happened twice during that break. One, I got pulled that, into that's that. That's true. One, when we were talking Pirates too. The other, Micah said where she wanted to live when she was an adult, and you just crushed her. Yeah, well, Houston deserves the crushing. <laughs> Are you just anti-Houston? I anti-Houston, anti-Texas, anti-heat, anti anti-highways. Danny was like, "You're anti-cows, steers, yeah. anti-cowboys, beef." <laughs> because Micah Dennis is a known soup connoisseur as well, yeah. so I had to crowdsource. And uh, you know, so, what y'all come up with? What does a pirate stew? Yeah, so we we've kind of both figured some beef and some carrots. Uh, Danny threw in some andouille sausage, which I think can, it could probably work. Meld together. No, pretty no, well. I butted in, so it doesn't count. That's, apparently, that's, I was about to say, did yeah. you even ask yeah. Danny what was in it? Yeah. He said, "Hey, I, I got I got some here. <laughs> I got an idea. Me, yeah. me, me. Look, look, look." Uh, and then it's I my two week anniversary. Y'all started yeah. y'all started talking about like pirates, islands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a huge jerk in more ways than one. Yes, but I love some Caribbean jerk, Jamaican jerk. Uh, adding that to my chicken, adding it to a burger, you get some jerk. Uh, I've never tried that. Either dry rub or just throw a little of the uh, the marinade on it and burger it up. I love a jerk burger. Okay, uh, but maybe make it a little jerky, a little spicy. I'm in. I'll, I'd eat that. Uh, Danny, any thoughts? I'm in. I'm hey. inviting you in. Oh my! Wait, I, can I speak now? Yes. <laughs> Anything with a burger, I'm yeah, I'm in. Jerk burger sounds good. Maybe that goes in the soup. Have you ever had like ground beef in a soup? Eh, I have. I don't know about that. I have. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I have. Where'd you have that? How does it feel, beef? Chandler? <laughs> beef soup. Oh, I'm numb to it now, What'd you say? What'd you say? I've had like I believe like there used to be ground beef in like the school soup that I used to have. <laughs> oh god. Oh yeah, they'll put anything in. Oh, the they'll put soup. anything Prison in that stew. soup. <laughs> the thing about ground beef was delicious. Soup, no, it soup was day delish. was the worst it was, thing. Uh, it was divine. Divine. Meatloaf day, we called it, it looked more like Alpo dog food. Mm. Oh man. We mm. used to we used I'm to out. sling it on the walls just to see if it would stick. Did anybody else when you were a kid think the commercials with the soft dog food look kind of tasty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, have you ever just looked at a raw no. steak in a package and it looks good? 
Yeah. I think it looks good. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. want to take a bite, but no, I've never, good. never. I always go, man. Once that's cooked, that's going to be good. Yeah, but it yeah. just looks good. It's like, yes, I'm Chandler. Would you? Eat what if I cook some of the soft dog food? Like made burgers out of it. Patty yeah. them together. Oh. Nah. You know, I, I was going to go nah. to AJ's tonight, but you're you're slowly <laughs> kicking me away. You going to AJ? I'm thinking about it. Hey. hey! I don't know who I'm going to bring because everybody's out of town, but I'm thinking about nah, it. No, you just join a squad, man. Joey, you going? AJ, <laughs> what? What? sports trivia. All right, fine. Me and Joey will win the thing tonight. Fine, we'll do it. Okay. Oh, boy. oh. Y'all better add an old person along the way. Just saying. <laughs> I don't know any old people. Y'all don't hang out with old men? <laughs> just Not you. Yet. <laughs> Can't intrude on him and Joey said state. just you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Vegetable beef soup. Um, Eric agrees with me. Eric uh, dipped the grilled cheese in it. Eric says, Ew. Danny B is getting more and more comfortable around the studio these days. As he should. I mean, he is two weeks in. He's two weeks and a day in. I think everybody should be comfortable around here. You know say what? what you want to say. Do what you want to do. As long as you ain't hurt nobody. Yeah. Just trying to make, just trying to be be nice. Make friends. Just you, a guy guy in the studio. Just guys, guys, dude. let's take our last break we'll come back wrap it up here on a wednesday edition i'm kind of tired this was a busy packed show yeah a lot going on really enjoyed talking to reggie yeah reggie was awesome yeah and he's got me fired up for ec basketball i know we had silent last week reggie this week and he's got me excited for to Corey Faison. yeah and a tyrus thomas name drop too i haven't heard that one in a while <laughs> of all the guys he mentioned that talked the most junk tyrus thompson probably didn't deserve to no, no, thomas. kevin garnett paul pierce uh paul pierce the celtics on this this list shocker yeah yeah <laughs> i'll take a break come back more to go after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at uh, your stock market report. It was a uh, mixed day today as uh, the Dow was down 348 points at 35,282. NASDAQ was also down 310 points at uh, 13,973. And the S&P dropped 63 points at 4,513. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Now back to the show. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live and about to say goodbye to you. But first, a trivia question for Stash, a.k.a. DB, a.k.a. Danny Bill. Uh, the fastest players to 100 home runs. Fernando Tatis, Tatis Jr. is fourth all time. Gary Sanchez, third. Pete Alonso, second. And this slugging left-handed first baseman. Freddie. From the more, think more slugging. From the, I would say, 2000s. Mid 2000s. Mid 2000s. He has number one, 325 games. He had 100 home runs. NL, National League, big left handed first baseman. 
Bellinger? No. Uh, Just a big bopper. Tell me the division. That would don't give tell it me away. The team. Tell me the division. Can I take a guess? NL, NL East. East. Not, it's not Freddie from the Braves. No. Chandler's got it. Who you got, Chandler? Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard. Mother of hey, hey. God. <laughs> Mother of Pearl. You kind of forget about him a little bit because he just he won disappeared. an MVP and a, and a World Series. Yeah. My first thought was the big hurt, but then you said the 2000s. Yeah. And then I was like, whoop, no, that's a little bit older. By the way, Patrick told me some awful news. He said uh, Frank Thomas had a beer, and it was it was like terrible. Yeah, big hurt, lager. That can really good. hurt your legacy when you come out with a, a bad alcohol. I hate to yeah. see that. And he had really <laughs> bad commercials. He advertised. Oh, it, Frank. It was, it was a tough turn. Come on, Frank. Well, he's not doing much better with that whatever that testosterone field. i know he's made some bad post baseball decisions and bad acting not for his wallet Yeesh. though i'm sure yeah all right enjoyed it we will see you fine folks thursday three o'clock all new edition of pirate radio live for the mother of pearl shirley rhodes <laughs> for joey with the good hair <laughs> for stash man danny beal a guy guy chandler the long snapper honeycut <laughs> and cheese mode patrick mason i am cliff brock we'll see you thursday three o'clock jeff charles take us home have a great night eastern carolina thanks for listening to pirate radio live an exclusive presentation of the voice of the pirate nation